Hey boomers, welcome to Sonic the Comic the Podcast, the UK's official Sega comic podcast starring Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> It'll do, whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 we've got a new episode for you today, it's number 61, which purports to have come out on the 29th of September 1995, but... But in fact, came out upon September the 16th, we are the humans who think we're in charge, my name is Chris McFeely. And my name's Dave Bulmer. We've got a cover. What are we saying, Carl Flint? I mean, I'm starting to wonder if we ever get a non-Carl Flint cover at this point. But isn't it nice that it's another cover that's actually about the Sonic story that's going it's on inside? It's actually about... I, I really like this cover. I think it's cool. Because what it is, is it's like... Imagine the music video to Wrecking Ball. Okay, yes. Um, I can't fault the reference. <laughs> Listen, I only know it from reference. I haven't seen it. But I'm led to understand that it features a nudie person on a wrecking ball swinging around and that is exactly what we're looking at here yeah well uh, he's standing rather than sitting but yep it's sonic standing on the miracle planet as if it were a ball on the end of a chain yeah. and and swinging if this on hadn't the chain. been made in 1995 you would assume it was a reference to that music video well <laughs> there are many other years in which it could have been made where I would not make that assumption. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I think it's really cool. He's there he is, he's gripping the chain. It's like a wrecking ball, but it's the miracle planet. That's that's really cool. It's nice because it's kind of a double reference, because mm. as it says here, there's actually this cover is drowning in copy. <laughs> Sonic's World plus more Metallics Mayhem. Technically the strip that's getting the big lead in here is the sonics world strip the yes. barf strip in the back mm. but both of these strips involve the miracle planet so it, it gets the cover as it were which yeah. is quite nice yeah knuckles and tails revenge of trog photo zone it's oddly laid yes. out some of this isn't it it makes it that makes it look like it's it says knuckles and tails bullet point revenge of trog bullet point photo zone well, the photo zone does have some knuckles and some tails in it, but it's not yes. a knuckles and tails theme. It's no. I see what they're doing. Yeah, STC artists meet them before they meet you. Interesting. <laughs> Sonic and Knuckles jacket. Sonic and Knuckles jacket. Jacket. Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, I love it. Compo results. Oh, thrill a minute stuff. Graphic <laughs> zone. Your computer art. Yeah. Your computer art again. Yeah. And Echo the Dolphin splashes out. It's there we it's go. Jam packed, isn't it? It is. There's a lot going on this one. Yeah. But how much does it give us to talk about? Let's find <laughs> out. Control zone. There's an action overload awaiting you this issue. Mm. For those of you feeling brave, check out some of the STC artists and writers before they reveal themselves in the flesh. <laughs> this is the weirdest way to set this up. It is. Megadroid is talking about UCAC, the UK Comic Art Convention in Hume speak. The outing of the year which takes place in London on the 1st of October. Yes, it's it a does. convention. It's a comics convention, which some of the STC people are going to be at. Yeah, presumably the first time that any kind of STC table existed in, in a real-life setting. Mm. And I obviously didn't go to this, and I didn't go and meet them, because it's in flipping London like everything else is. I mean, that's still somewhere you could have gone more than I could have. I guess geographically, I would have had to get on a plane. That is technically true. You just true. had to get on a train. That's technically true. But remember, I'm twelve, <laughs> so it's That's exactly. Also true. It's just as it might as well have been on Mars. But I, what, I tell you yeah. what annoys me now is when um, on Twitter people advertise a thing and it's like, "Come to our thing," 
And I'm like, okay, you didn't say where it is, so it's in London, isn't it? And, and it's, you know, <laughs> you click the thing and you're like, okay, where is it? And then four links deep into the website, it finally says London. You're like, there you go. I knew it. Bloody Londoners. Bloody London. From that London. <laughs> A place I can really easily go. I mean, you can. I'm not gonna and I don't. But I can. <laughs> it's not like when I was 12. I can just get on a train and it's a couple of hours you now. You really, I mean, it's not cheap. No, though, that's the can. thing. The trains are so expensive now. I have to get a bus mm. to an airport mm. to get a plane mm. to then get on a train to take me from the airport yeah. to wherever I need to be in London. Yeah. You just you just stroll out your front door and walk to one of the many nearby train stations yeah. that exist on mainland Britain, I'm led to believe. That's it. No, I could. I mean, I could just get my walking shoes on Get me a little stick with a bag tied to the end of it and walk all the way to London if I really wanted. I'm not going <laughs> to. Can't even be bothered walking to the train station if I'm quite honest with you. <laughs> Get your earplugs ready for Sonic Stories, the Brotherhood of Metallics and the Seven Badniks as they go out with a bang. Oh, I see. Right. Was... Yeah, but they don't, though. These are the penultimate parts of both of these stories. <laughs> are they? Right, yeah, I did, he's wrong. I did wonder what was going on with that, yeah, because the, neither, neither of them seemed particularly conclusive, but I had been led to believe that they were. <laughs> nope, that's next issue, Megadroid. You're doing well. All that pre-convention wow. jitters and excitement have got us put him off. Could this be the first time that next issue's Control Zone has been accidentally reprinted instead of last issue's? <laughs> no, you know that. Echo faces a squidgy situation in part mm. two of his latest adventure. So, not a phrase, a squidgy situation. No. Prepare to meet Maureen the She-Fox in the Knuckles and Tails adventure. Speaking of which, there's an attempt to upstage STC's own dynamic duo in the Dress to Thrill photo zone. She-Fox is a way of saying things, isn't it? She-anything is an odd way of saying anything. I mean, yeah. you get you, you you just look at, you know, you She-Hulk or anything like that. Or, or oh, yeah. she I've I've come across the term she bot in Transformers media certainly you know right, so, yeah, yeah. So to to describe something as a she something a she thing is <laughs> is I mean you don't see it much anymore it's very of its time and it's one of those odd situations where Marvel is about to bring out a television show called She-Hulk in the year 2021 or 2 whenever that's supposed to come out yeah. and we all just sort of go ah yes oh, yeah, in the same way that we all sort of think Doctor Doom is actually a good name for something <laughs> because it's been 60 years and we just sort of shrug yeah that's an odd one and it did no it does it speaks to the time when if they'd have said Fox we'd have gone oh a man Fox and they have to say no yeah. no no no, no, no. <laughs> also there's a special computer generated graphic zone for all you budding designer types out there and looking ahead there is presumably in the next issue yes there is yeah, a free gift to get you in the mood for stc 62 all together now masupilami do you remember Marsupilami? Yeah, that's... Because no other does. I was very surprised reading this. Because the way they've written it out is with dashes. Ma dash su dash per dash lami. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say that very well, but you know what I mean. But that's because... It's, I was very surprised to see that. How did they know that's how the intro to this cartoon that was on for two weeks went? <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's a mini-comic going to be with next issue. And a Sega game preview. Yeah. Yeah, Marsupilami. That was... Yeah. 
tell us that was yeah. that a Disney original thing? No, or was that it, some no. kind of band Destiny that's right. comic that Disney got their hooks. That into? is exactly what it was. I think he's even from some other comic that wasn't just my super Limey. I can't be sure about that. We'll do some research in time for next episode. But, well, I um, don't have the comic. Uh, maybe you do. I don't think so. We might. We'll see if we maybe Abby does. Maybe. And I think we know enough boomers now that one of them might have it still attached. We'll see. Mm. But um, yeah, no Disney just adapted this random comic for some reason and wasn't it part of a what was it called like toon something or raw toonage raw toonage was it i don't know i don't know no i'm looking him up now <laughs> first appeared in raw toonage but was then spun off into his own show and it didn't last long i don't think just in my memory, I feel as if Marsupial Army was on less than even Bonkers had been. One season of 13 episodes. 30? Oh, there you go. That explains it. And if I just happened to have missed a couple of those episodes, then suddenly that's cut down to almost nothing. Yeah. But we'll talk more about him next episode, because he's got a whole history and, and pedigree of his own, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. <laughs> But let's hope we can find the comic anyway. There's also another Chaotix crew member, Charmy B, waiting to fly onto our walls via a double-page pin-up next yes. issue. So clear some wall space and picture that. Picture a child going, oh, brilliant, and making space for a new poster some two weeks before it arrives. <laughs> <laughs> Pride of place. There, That's where it's going to go. That's where my Charmy B's <laughs> poster is going to go. The one character from Chaotix that the strip has clearly told me I meant to hate. <laughs> Clear space <laughs> for him. Uh, and apparently they're going to be too... I want, them, I want it to be a two-page pin-up, but only one page has a picture of Charmy on it, because he's just little. Well... Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Which, who did we have the SBO pin up before, didn't we? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so if it's just the stock art render, Charmy's stock art render is him holding his hand out and holding the ring in it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, could be that if they do a sideways one, it would have to be a landscape one rather yeah. than profile. He could be pretty much entirely confined to one side of it. <laughs> we'll see. That's the welcome screen. Although it doesn't say that anymore. It's just a box with text in now, I've realised. No, it doesn't have that anymore, does it? Yeah, yeah, right. Never thought about that. Underneath that is the S&K prize winners. Now, do you remember, listeners, a little while ago, a couple of episodes ago, there was a jacket being given away. A jacket? I think it was when Suze was back. A jacket? No, no, no. Dave. What? You describe... This is a jacket? <laughs> the jacket. Earth's main jacket was given away. Yeah. The coolest jacket, to <laughs> use your own words, I think. The culmination of all tailoring on the Earth. <laughs> it was a leather jacket with a Sonic and Knuckles patch stuck on the back and ironed on, probably. No! It, no, no, it was stitched, wasn't it? Remember? Stitched, not printed. Yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> they made a point of telling us that. And uh, remember, STC53's once-in-a-lifetime chance to win a street strutting sonic and knuckles denim jacket where and it and it remains once in a lifetime i've never seen anything like this ever again well now is the moment thousands of boomers yeah i counted them it's nice that they counted them instead of asking us to count them for <laughs> once <laughs> i've been waiting for the drum roll please for the winner who will soon look like one of sonic's freedom fighters first prize winner is a mr joseph asquith of dewsbury west yorkshire i googled i twitter searched i couldn't find him Get in touch. We need to see you in your jacket. If you know Joseph Asquith, yeah. do you still have it? You might be thinking, do I know Joseph Asquith? I'll tell you how you'll know. Because if you've ever seen anyone in your life wearing a denim jacket with the Sonic and Knuckles logo printed on the back, that was Joseph Asquith. Stitched, not printed. No. <laughs> 
Um, but then uh, he's not the only winner. There's a there's five runner-ups who also get a copy of Sonic and Knuckles on the Mega Drive. So brilliant. God, God, wouldn't it be amazing if we could find the bloke who had this jacket and he still had the jacket? I know. Like it wouldn't fit him anymore. Oh no, wait a minute. No, it would. Extra wasn't large. It, wasn't it like extra, extra large yep. only or something yep. like that? You never know. Then it might fit you still. He would have had to hold. Not even still. He'd have had to have held onto it and grown into it. That's the sort of thing, right? Yeah. That in normal circumstances, your mum would throw out whenever you left home or whatever. Yeah. But it's one of a kind. Yeah, but does your mum know that? Well, she knew, she'd know you got it in a contest prize. Yeah, but then it doesn't that... That, to her, will be evidence that it's a throwaway piece of tat. Mm, don't like that thought. You I want to believe it's still out there somewhere. That's the question. Is it out there somewhere? Was it... I've just found it on eBay. It? I don't know. <laughs> It's impossible. Share me the link. Share me the link. Okay, well, what I'll share you is the Google search because the bidding has ended on the item, so you have to see it, the archived image on Google Images. Mm. It's her denim jacket, and it's got the Sonic and Knuckles logo on the back. And if we assume that it, that has never happened again, <laughs> the fact that there's quite a few different ones to look at on Google Images suggests that other people may have copied the idea. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't know, would you? No. I'm prepared to cheat. I'm prepared to buy an off-brand Sonic and Knuckles denim jacket to pretend that I've got the real one. I'm not above that. The item is located <laughs> in West Yorkshire. Well, hold on. I mean, what? the actual text of the um, uh -huh. listing does say I'm selling two of these rare denim jackets. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I've had them since the 90s, but they've only been worn once or twice, having spent most of the time in the wardrobe. So... In the 90s, even, this wasn't an exclusive jacket. I've just found another one here, a Twitter link uh -huh. from somebody posting some images of the jacket. The tweet says, here's a denim jacket that was made for Sonic and Knuckles. It has a lot of variants that were available throughout the world through contests or store catalogs. Oh. I think the most famous one was the one that was offered as a prize in Sonic the Comic. The only difference oh. is that it is lighter and has the S and K logo in the front instead of the Sega badge. And it's a lighter blue. Well, how does he know that? How does he know that? That's not pictured. So he knows something about this jacket. Because the picture that's in this tweet thread is that there's a Sega badge on the yes. breast of the jacket. And he's saying it's lighter and has the SNK logo in the front instead of the Sega badge. I wonder how he knows that. That is a lot of knowledge for a person to have. Well, anyway, it seems like it wasn't necessarily one of a kind, mm. is, is the, uh, mm, is the yeah. lesson we're learning here. Certainly, their point was that you couldn't buy it in shops, which was true. Uh, yes because they don't actually call it one-of-a-kind in the body text here. Oh. But I feel like they maybe did it back at the time. I, I really, I really want it. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at these photos of the, I won't say knockoffs, but like the other ones. I want it. I want it. Would I be brave enough to go around wearing it? I can't answer that question. I'm no Suze Kempner. I do have the Sonic 1 title screen face mask. I haven't worn it in public. Just put it on, yeah, boy. Yeah, whereas Suze has and has posted photos of her doing it. Although, albeit, as I recall, in a, you know, an outdoor place where there weren't any more people. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how brave 
The, I don't know how brave the people are out there wearing their Sonic masks. What kind of mask are you wearing? Just a plain black one or a plain blue one? Yeah, I'm afraid it's a plain black one. Jesus. My mammy made me a nice mask that's all flowers and such. Oh, brilliant. So I don't give a toss about, about patterned masks. I'd wear a Sonic mask if I had one. Yeah, I've worn a patterned mask. The reason I wear this black one is that it's got a nice little nose lip bit that helps my glasses not mm. steam up. But yeah, no, I need oh, to get out I need to get out there with my Sonic one on. It's about. I, I can own that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Brotherhood of Metallics, Part Three, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Richard Elson, colors by John Burns, letters by Ellie Deville. Sonic and the Freedom Fighters pursue the Brotherhood of Metallics to the Miracle Planet and attempt to lure the Metal Sonics into an underground cave system for a close quarters battle. Unfortunately, only one Metallics is sent to deal with them, and even it proves a challenge. So our heroes are going to need a new plan before the Emperor Metallics finishes using the Alpha device to tap into the Miracle Planet's limitless power. Well, to start off with, we are given a page that I bet you love, because it's a fact file. You know, right, that's funny that you... I see why you would <laughs> think that. I actually think this is a, a bit much. Oh, really? Yeah. So, it, yeah, it does start that. Uh, over a series of panels, what we see is Sonic and Co. walking the chain up from Mobius to the Miracle Planet. The captions say to us, The Miracle Planet appears over Mobius once a month. It stays for only three days before vanishing again. Nobody knows where. The awesome chain which connects the Miracle Planet to Mobius has some special kind of magic. It looks hundreds of miles long, yet you can walk its length in only a couple of hours. Nobody knows how it works. And that is the kind of overly literal approach to this that I'm not big into. Right. That's a writer looking at this and going, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. Right. And then going, ooh, but it's magic. Right. Why is it got Robotnik's head at the end of it then? It's because he built it. Stop it. It's not magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah wait a minute <laughs> because i mean th we've we talked about it back during the sonic terminator but that's the thing like scc kind of comes at this from the wrong angle where it, it takes the approach that the miracle planet simply vanishes mm -hmm. and reappears mysteriously and magically and that's cool yeah. i'm into that that's a good thing whereas you know in, in japanese lore the simple idea is that it's just its orbit just brings it close to mobius once uh, once a year and robotnik chained, chained it, it to the planet so that to, it doesn't go mobius away to stop it from drifting away simple as yeah and i feel like we talked about that but it's just now that i'm remembering yeah but it does disappear in the game because when you finish the game you see it disappear and there's like a little curl of magic that it disappears off in oh that's in the closing animation isn't it yeah oh, well and yeah i'm pretty sure we did establish that it is meant to be that it's orbiting and he chains it to catch it maybe then maybe well either way mm. he chained it to catch it either he chained way. it to catch it yeah. because the the ending animation is that the, the chain, chain breaks. breaks so e even if i'm wrong i may have just overly literally interpreted what yeah. the japanese lore did actually intend maybe. to be magic but whether it's orbit or magic mm. magic is cooler and if that's true that's cool i'm done with it Either way, the idea is that Robotnik simply chained it to the planet to stop it from disappearing again. Yeah. Whereas this essentially posits that the chain is an ancient mystical thing the, that links yes. it, that has always linked it to it, which is just a sort of fundamental misunderstanding of, of how it's supposed to work. And unnecessary in my view anyway. Oh, how can they how can they walk a chain that spans out into space mm -hmm. in a couple of hours? And I'm like 
in the same way that people can fly spaceships from one place to another in, in a few hours when in fact it takes years to travel that distance in any random sci-fi adventure storyline don't worry about it shut up don't don't think too much about it i'm 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 always much more in in favor of shut up don't think too much about it just go with it right. rather than trying to overly mechanically or or even hand wave him right, explain right. Uh, things like that so yeah so yeah, yeah this one actually reads as a bit much for me strong negative review from chris then i quite like it i see i see why he's done it it's because it's um Previously, you can say, well, Sonic can run really fast, so that's how he got from Earth to yes. the moon in an hour or whatever it was. What I really like is the fact that he's chosen, you can walk its length in only a couple of hours, rather than five minutes or whatever. He's not gone with magic, magic, magic. It's just like, oh, we did that quite quick, but still not no, very quick. it's just quick. a little bit magic. Mm. You know, it's like, not magic, it's yeah. just a little bit of magic. Yeah, you like, still have to, it's still a massive traipse. Maybe it's the fact then that it, it just, maybe if it had gone full bore, <laughs> like, well, five minute five minute trip, guys. Yeah. Maybe even then I'd be more like, yeah, all right, whatever. Just if you've really committed to the bit instead of this hand wavy explanation of yeah it's sort of whatever i guess nobody yeah i guess whatever. and the key word is guys because the the reason we have a different version at all here is because sonic is taking his non-fast friends with him this time he's got yes porker and amy and johnny coming with him how did amy get there last time metallics took her didn't he yes he grabbed her and t- yeah. took off so i guess he dragged her behind him yeah he's got rockets it's fine <laughs> Lovely art on this whole strip, by the way, and this is one of those ones where uh, Rich hasn't coloured it himself, it's John Burns. Mm, yes, I think this whole four-parter is the same deal, yeah. Oh no, no wait, it's just off of last issue, not the first part, but uh, part, part, last part was. Well, I think he's done a bang-up job. I, I kept forgetting yeah. that it was someone else colouring it, except in a couple of moments where lighting effects or, or colour choices that uh, Elson wouldn't do come in. Him, Burns' Sonic, I think, is sort of darker. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and I think that's the key thing. That that's the that's the thing where you really notice it. And his porker, the big is central shine page two, the little chubby cheeks shines yeah. on porker's cheeks. Yeah. yeah, very very shiny. Or the emperor metallics is looking a much deeper, darker red. Well, yeah, I mean. Oh, the, the Emperor Metallic's looking particularly cool in this issue. I mean, he always does. <laughs> he always does. I'm really glad to have him here. He's great. <laughs> as a story, it's pretty straightforward. You know, there's not a lot to comment on. Wise, like uh, um, as they're walking up the chain here, we take what feels like a long time, four or five panels, to just explain that Sonic has given Robotnik access to their communications channel because they're teamed mm. up at the moment, and we take a whole panel to have the Freedom Fighters all go what all at once yeah and Robotnik tune in go why did you send Grimer back to me he could have been useful to you nobody knows more about the metallics than Grimer and Sonic's like this is all top secret I don't want one of your guys snooping around and I'm like you could take this whole page out and nothing about the story would change you're in a big whinge today I liked all of this I'm not, no, it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a whinge it's just an it's it's just a straightforward analysis am yeah. I wrong uh, no, you're not, but it gives it, it's one of those things that I quite like in um, current STC, where, yeah, more time is given. Now, normally we like it when that time is used on more dense character interactions, but I do quite like the side of this where basically Sonic's been keeping his secret about the fact that he, or no, no, I don't get the impression that he's kept it a secret exactly as, as much as he just didn't mention it because he... He's the most important one, and he doesn't see the need to explain himself all the time. Yeah, that's the vibe I kind of get, yeah. Yeah, and so everyone else is shocked that, like, you know, 
we've been we've been sending nudes and stuff and robotnik's been looking <laughs> <laughs> robotnik's been in the group chat this whole time we've been talking smack about him behind his back yeah something about i think what it does is it bolsters and maybe for people who haven't read the previous issue it reminds or informs that there is a team up happening here and that that's a shock and sonic kind of has kept it a little bit on the down low from the team I like it. I found much to enjoy here. It's funny, though, because I'm thinking ahead now to next issue. Yeah. Because I remember this well enough. And to my recollection, that ultimately this whole team-up idea means nothing. Oh, really? All that the team-up was was Robotnik told him, go in this star post. Oh, right. Now, some time from now, when we do the Return of Chaotix and the big payoff to this story, mm. I think they do join forces again, if I remember right, in some capacity. But, right. but as far as this four-parter goes, the team-up, there isn't. There isn't really one. Oh, right. It's because it's Robotnik. If Robotnik and Grimer had come with them and were doing something together, that would be a proper team-up. But Yes. Or even if... Not. Uh, uh, see, I'll accept, depending on what level of team-up we're looking for, I will accept, you know, Robotnik going, I've been working on this at my end. and uh, You know what I mean? If he shuts something yeah, down... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be grand. Yeah, yeah that, that would be fine. But, uh... I guess, guess not. <laughs> no, yeah. Never mind. Oh, well. Uh, but uh, really cool to get uh, what they find when they get to the end of the chain, which is that there's the Emperor Ooh, in his yeah. little hover chair floating above a ring. It kind of looks like they're round a fire or something. A ring of metallics with this red metallics in the center. And he's draining all of their like power into this alpha device, which, if you recall, is a golden flute that they have. <laughs> we don't know yet quite what it does. We get a sense of it at the end of this issue, but we don't know at this point. Once fully charged, the Emperor says, it will reshape the Miracle Planet, mm. releasing its limitless power. Yes. Does that mean the planet's limitless power or the Alpha device's limitless power? Uh, the planet's limitless power. power. Yeah. They're going to reshape the Miracle Planet so as they can tap into mm. its limitless power. Yes. That's something that I'm interested to see more about, because I can't remember what it means. I think it's just in the same way that the original Metallics used the Miracle Planet's power as, yes. a, as a source of power. I don't think they use it for anything more complex than that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Without, and I'm not going to say, STC readers Yes, we all remember know, the big one, yeah. But... Everything I remember about what the Brotherhood of Metallics are up to turns out to be from a later story that I thought this was about to become. Yeah, this is really the prologue to that. Yeah, yeah. so I don't actually know what this is going to be. I'm looking forward to finding out. Weird panel on this page where the, the Freedom Fighters are coming down the chain and Sonic, we've walked right into the middle of them, says Johnny. And there they are, but it's, it's, just, it's just sort of in a black void. Yes. The chain stretching away still into the middle distance is a bit of a weird rendering of the scene. Yes, everything else on the ground is just blacked out and only the There's no the, landscape, yeah. Only the glow from the power shows. And I think that's what gave me that impression of, of them standing around a fireplace. Like, like it's night. Yeah, which yeah it, I can which, see it definitely. Oh, yeah. hang on. I was about to say like it's night, which it isn't. But I don't know, if you look at the first panel on the page, there is a kind of a black sky above them, even if you can see perfectly clearly down on the ground. Whether that's but just... then is that just the the blue shine of the the sky behind the? It's just a way of punctuating the light. It of could the, be, um... but then again, on the next page in the going down into the cave sequence, you can see a bit of stars above. So maybe it is just meant to be nighttime. Well, even if it was, though, there wouldn't be the weird black void. No. Looking at them, flipping forward to the last page, and the sky's looking quite blue there. Oh uh, yes, it is. Well, perhaps it's morning. <laughs> this is the weird logistics of having a tiny planet orbiting yeah. another planet. You know, where, where, where's the sun? You yeah. Because it technically, like, 
Where's the sun? Where's the shadow of the planet being cast? Is it night on the surface below and the corresponding patch of the miracle planet above or is it opposite because the sun's <laughs> in the miracle planet but not that side of the moon? Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> well, it just it's a fascinating little piece of sci-fi for, for kids. I remember loving this idea of this little planet chained. Yeah, oh to the, yeah. And it does magic things and you can time travel easier there and like just no it never was quite defined and sometimes within i hesitate to say but sometimes in the same issue the lore about it can be contradictory yes gosh (laughs) i hope we don't run into any examples of that (laughs) but it was just a a fascinating (laughs) thing uh that i thought was really cool so the fact that they're going there even though i don't really know what it is makes it cool (laughs) i think we were saying last time weren't we it was like we genuinely haven't seen it since the sonic terminator Mm. and now a year Mm. later it's it's like it's back over Mobius. So now two different stories can do Miracle Planet stories at the same time, even though that's absolutely not what they intended to do. Yeah, and just coincidentally happened to work out that way, and it's a bit of fun. <laughs> we get um, the drawing of the back of Johnny that's been used for the Sonic and Knuckles jacket. Yeah, we do. That happens whenever the uh, the Metallics comes to attack them. Yeah, so and yeah, and Johnny gets his. Uh... Pugil stick, I believe you told me it was called, and and sort of yes, leaps to attack him. Gladiators, yeah, and um, that's cool because they were using that as clip art, you know, all the way back in issue fifty three. Apparently, no, no, I think it was a different, it was a was different it? image, wasn't oh. it? That they used back then. They've used it on the control zone for this page, for this but it was one. a different image of Johnny that they chose to use back. Oh, then. Oh, okay then. <laughs> yes, I, I had the same thought though. <laughs> Sonic is like because he and Amy were on the Miracle Planet stuck there for a month before whenever it disappeared from over Mobius during the Sonic Terminator, he had time to look Mm. around so he knows there's this underground cave system and he figures that if they can lure the Metallics there, his knowledge of it will give him him the edge. Mm. And uh, I I just get a chuckle out of this bit where Amy says, Sonic, last time you were down here you got lost for two (laughs) days. She's like, "What, what, what knowledge of the caves have you got? You got bloody lost when you were down here before. And he goes... That's what I wanted you to think. You, you were hiding from me? You bet I was. Oh, poor old Amy. It's funny that um, the artists don't make more out of Sonic treating Amy meanly, isn't it? Well, They always talk about tails. That's the, like, they don't want him to f*** tails, do they? <laughs> or, are you sure about that? <laughs> Amy's a threat to Sonali in a way that Tails is not, so she needs to be put in her place. Oh, poor old Amy with a little sad face. It's such a little sad face, isn't it? it? Oh, bless. (laughs) But she is the one who gets the winning blow in with her... With her little handheld crossbow. Wait, what's the word for it? Crossbow? Crossbow, yeah. Crossbow. Yeah, crossbow. Yeah, it's Um, a crossbow. Yes, It's here. Crossbow watch. It's back. It's back. I think this is it now. I feel like this is it now. Yeah. I've said that several times at this point now but it's not a longbow it's a cross and it's because at close range she needs to suddenly be able to aim and fire a little bolt through the neck of a metallics while it's tottering around having been bocked by a, a spin attack and yeah she and and you see it go right through there's this sideways diagram almost of it going through his neck brilliant yes, sonic says that i suppose this is the one payoff of the um team up uh-huh. and that Robotnik told Sonic that the neck is the Alex's yes. weak spot. Yes. Uh, again, don't believe this factors into any further storytelling. It's just the way they end this particular fight. Right. Also, Sonic the Hedgehog characters do not have necks. 
It is a bit weird, and uh, Rich has had to uh, work around that with his drawing, but he's done a, a bang-up job of it. Yes, it looks great. I don't think we did mention the other thing that looks great, which is the fight with Johnny, where Johnny hits him with his pugil stick, hits him, hits him, hits him, and the Metallics takes it. Yeah. Metallics comes up and catches yeah. it, and then snaps it in Clean half, off. and it blasts with electricity, and the electricity lights up the Metallics' face all evil, and then he beats Johnny with the with the bloody end. And then he's about to <laughs> stab him with the snapped end. Well, he could be about to stab him or he could be about oh, to bring it, bring it down in a, in a final him. hammer but blow. But mind you, mind you, then Sonic leaps in and <laughs> spins attacks him and Elson has drawn a very, very, very pointy, pointy end to that, to that shattered piece of the of the stab. Well, that's how you, that that's, could be a stab That's how you get through it, you see. You can say to editorial, no, 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 he's just going to bop him on the end of it. He's just going to bonk yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Nice to see Johnny taking a bit of initiative. Yes. Johnny's been a real wet blanket lately. Yeah, he? he has. Oh, like, um, 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 with his little yeah. um, 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 face in the background. Exactly. No Pavenzi today. Nice to see Johnny Lightfoot, man of action yeah. here. You know, Sonic's down, got to attack before Metallics can recharge the blaster. And then the Metallics. <laughs> I mean, come on. It catches the staff. One handed, yeah. by the way. One handed. And. I'm sure Johnny must get his stick repaired. Though. I mean, yeah. Because I'm sure it'd appear again, but it just snaps it into... Interesting to know that there's electricity coursing throughout it. Yes, yeah, it is. We've said before that it looks more... more it looks like more than just a stick. It's always... Rich has always drawn it with little bits on it to make it look like a stick. To be fair, stick. not the way he's drawn it No, here. not really. It's just It's actually here. completely featureless here. Yeah. But yes, in the past, there have been, like, little techno, techno lines mm. on it. I mean, today, I guess it needed to stand out from the Alpha device, which is drawn that way. Yes, that would be pretty much exactly the same thing, yes. But the electricity going through it, it just... Yeah, what is this stick that he's got? It's brilliant. Well, he don't got it no more. Uh, <laughs> that panel of metallics <laughs> snapping it with his bare hands. Really and, then, oh, and, then, and then beating him with the soggy end. Like, <laughs> it's just really, 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 really cool. Oh, that's good stuff. Enjoy that. Yeah. So, the fight having concluded, what was going on with the plan? Did I just miss the bit where they say what the plan is? The plan is simply that they'll lure them into the caves. The Brotherhood are bound to come after us. Why are they annoyed when only one shows up? Because they wanted all of them to come after them. They wanted to use the close quarters of the thing to tick them out all at once. One by one's no way to do it. Oh, okay. But they are very non-specific about what the plan is, as mm. if there was some... You know, presumably it was maybe using them, getting them to use their chest blasters to blast each other or mm. something like that in the close quarters by knowing Sonic's knowledge of the caves, allowing him to know where to go and what to, how to lure their fight and everything. But as Amy says, they'll never be able to take them all out by shooting them in the neck one after the mm. other. But Sonic says he has a new plan. It's almost like a running gag throughout this. But like when they come down to the Miracle Planet, Johnny says, ah, we've walked right into the middle of them. And Sonic's like, cool it a minute, Johnny. You know, I've been here before. I've got I've got a plan, you know, down into the caves. They go only one metallic's left. Amy goes, there goes the plan. And Sonic's like, plans are easy. I got a million of them. Just give me a second. <laughs> and then after Amy shoots it through the neck, he goes, I have a new plan. And what's more? It's brilliant. So they had just there's this through line about them needing a plan. Mm. It's weird. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be overly critical of this thing, but it, it's it's real middle chapter energy, right? You know, it's like nothing really happens. <laughs> they go to the Miracle Planet, and there's a slight delaying fight to create the sense of a ticking clock while the Brotherhood charges up the Alpha device. 
And then we get to the end of the story, where the Alpha device is fully charged, the destiny of the Brotherhood of Metallics begins here, whoop, lobs it like a javelin, stabs into the ground of the Miracle Planet, and our final panel is, just as, as before, history repeats, little tendrils of technology begin spiraling up out of the ground in and around and start spreading they're gonna they're gonna cyber form the miracle planet like robotnik did before yeah so this whole issue is just a sort of it like it's definitely cooler that we have this like build up to this moment instead of them arriving and it's already happening yeah you know but this is a sort of artificial ticking clock this chapter yes i suppose but it does give us stuff like a fight with the Metallics, Johnny being cool. I get, I'll tell you what it does. i tell you, I have to be yeah. honest, 100% Johnny, super cool, yeah. yeah. I'm a little over fights with one Metallics. Well, we've had a few of those at this point. Uh, yes, but I think that's what the point of it is. I think if we're about to face loads of Metallicses, it's worth re-establishing that one Metallics is a fight. That's, that's a worthy fight in and of itself. Mm, that's so true. that we that's can true. then move on to having to face absolutely loads of them. And I guess that's the purpose of this chapter. It's like, we were going to try and ambush them, but over and over again, we're told that, as readers, we're told that that would be really hard. To fight loads of them is hard. And you've got to come up but with Sonic tactics. But Sonic did just fight two single-handedly last issue. Yeah, but two, and it was hard, like, though. Two. It was hard, it two was. Are, but are there hard. are four of our heroes now, and yeah. there's only one of them. So it's a, it's, 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 it is proper law of conservation of ninjutsu stuff. Like, Sonic actually does have an easier time with those two Metallicses than all four of our heroes do against this one Metallics. The fewer number of Metallicses there are, the more dangerous they are. So the new plan is to just wander into the whole crowd of them and it'd be no problem. Yeah, because they're not going to be any danger at all. <laughs> I actually don't know what his plan is. I haven't been able to remember that mm. at all. So um, I don't remember what happens next, basically. Lovely final drawing. Oh, I love that. Oh, oh, yes. Well, the, the last two drawings, in fact, because the Emperor Metallics lifts up the golden flute that is the Alpha device. And then the next panel is it having been shucked and it it lands in the ground like it's like a javelin. And then that last panel of all these pipes and wires and leads lashing out like the legs coming out of that thing in the thing. Oh, you know, like oh, that, that whipping motion. So good. Yeah. Oh, look at how... This is such a weird little thing to get so focused in on. But look at how each of these individual filaments <laughs> is drawn. How every one of them tapers away to like a, a molecularly precise yeah. end. Yeah. Or how the ones that are looping around are so much thicker in the middle. Yeah. Ooh, the, there's a real sense of ribbony, terrifying, living kineticism yeah. to these things as they... Exactly like those, yeah, the, the tendrils the and thing as they... That's how it's Come whipping out and spreading and spanning. Ooh, ooh, it's good. And then something about the way that the one that's curling round the alpha device is drawn makes it look really mm. sharp at the edges, so you don't want to get whipped yep, by yep. it. Brilliant. Ooh, that's real good. So, next issue. Next issue, the fate of the miracle planet. Oh. Do you know what? I think it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we know it must be fine for it's perfectly fine in in 20 pages time <laughs> oh yeah yes those two stories absolutely line up and don't contradict one another in the slightest <laughs> no there is some good like fun exciting stuff in this as mm. well but there there is also a sort of a sense of this one uh treading a little bit of water to sort of build a ticking clock around the larger threat that they just don't really fill the time with anything gripping, you know, right. apart from this cool fight. Fair enough. 
I, I guess I'm just sufficiently gripped by the presence of Metallics and Miracle Planet and Emperor Metallics and all of that that I never I thought mean, of don't it. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> that's all cool. Well, hopefully next issue will be whatever you, whatever would grip you. <laughs> we'll see. Graphics Zone! It's all computers! It's all computers! Every single drawing in this graphic zone is drawn on MS Paint and or similar. I don't know what we used to draw things on that weren't MS Paint back then, but there are some of these that can't possibly have been done on MS well, Paint. Well then, maybe they were done in Deluxe Paint. On the Amiga! Never heard of it. <laughs> you never heard of D-Paint? You haven't lived. Afraid not, no. Yeah. Obviously, though, they have all been printed out. Yes. And sent in. Yes. That's the thing. So, the textures, Dave. Oh, the uh, textures. They, they are. You can reach out and touch you them. You really can. It's like everything's drawn in Braille. It's, yes, lots of little dots and bips and bops everywhere. Beautiful to look at. And, of course, not everybody's uh, ribbons are very new. So, there are stripes of colour down some of these. Why they didn't send the disc in, I, I don't know. Send the disc? What? I hope... I, you know how much discs cost? I do, they cost a pound. That's not too bad. Back then? Yeah. A pound coin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most of the price of an STC, so fair enough, I suppose. Well, well, now hold on a second. You, okay. You say, why wouldn't they send the disc in? But okay. the liniest drawing going is this lovely one of Metal Sonic. Yeah, oh, oh this it's... This copy of the Metal Sonic render. Very impressive. Yes, but it's come from Leo Suarez Perringer of San Francisco, USA. Oh, so he's not going to be posting no disc in. No, no. What he's done is, yeah, it's a copy of the famous early like render of, of Metallics, the one where he's going along, he's got his jet of flame behind him, mm. and there's lens flare. And somehow, and that is, I actually think that's hand-painted, but we've all grown up thinking it was CG because it's meant to look like it is. Could be, and yeah. somehow... This kid, using... It'll probably be something on an Apple II or something like that, won't it? But whatever he's used, it's the, it's not much above MS Paint. And yet, he's done a sterling job of copying most of the aspects of that picture. Yeah. It, it, it looks great. And you can tell it's not... He hasn't cheated. You can tell he's done it himself. Because it's just not quite good enough to be <laughs> anything else. But it's very good it for is. what it is. Part of the effect may may be because we're seeing he's the one with the worst printer ribbon. So there's mm. such a strange stripy bandy effect that it, it's kind of difficult to see what it would have looked like originally. It but might be way. like um, a CRT filter there filling in our, our brains, filling the gaps. Mm, and it's sort yeah. of, you know, where it's like if, if it was being printed intact, we'd be going, ah, look at all that nonsense. But, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I do think the best one is this one, the first one on the page from Steve Harris of Bletchingley in Surrey, uh, who's just done a, a wonderful Sonic. Yeah, it's really good. It's the Sonic yeah. 1 cover art Sonic, but with, with his own Legs twist. crossed, finger up. But it's not a yeah. copy. Yeah, he's done it no. in his own style, if you will. Yeah, and standing on a, on a background that's sort of, you know, pieced together from official things, but again, isn't just copied. It's your, your yellow and red checkerboard floor, mm. it's your lake in the background, mountains behind that. It's just... And the impression of more that's been cropped off. There's the stand mm, bit, of maybe yeah. a star post just, just poking in. I'm not sure what that is, but uh, yeah, looks really great. But my favourite is the Robotnik. That's great too, yes, from David Mole in King's Winford, which is, um, there's a real cartooning energy about this. A, yeah. a, a bit of a Milton Knight or some kind of spumco-y, Ren and Stimpy looking kind of uh, exaggeration to it. And I... And I, I genuinely look at it and I wonder how much of it is deliberate and how much of it is just an artifact yes, of um, 
I yes, I think that what's happened here is that David Mole has tried to draw Robotnik and has drawn him a bit dodgily, and in doing mm-hmm. so has vastly improved his design. And it's honestly one of the best adventure-style Robotniks I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it's yeah, I love it. It's, <laughs> I really it's love something it. <laughs> about he's got uh, his his nose is massive. His moustache isn't very big. His head is tiny. His eyes poke off it. And his like mouth and, and jaw are enormous. It's like the bit... Oh, I'll tell you what it's like. And I wonder if it was influenced by... Probably what's happened is he's paused a video on a particular silly-looking frame and maybe, drawn that. Maybe, maybe. But what it could be influenced by is that bit in Disney's Aladdin where Jafar is in disguise as an old man and he says, like, he who has the gold makes the rules. And he does a kind of wheezing laugh and his mouth spreads out and his teeth kind of are all funny looking. And that's what this looks like. Yeah, I'm 100% willing to say (laughs) it's not influenced by Right, but that's what it looks like. Imagine that, (laughs) but Robotnik and leaning back. It's just great. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically the the thing that makes you think it's probably not on purpose Uh is how messy the moustache is. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's some sausages. All the rest of the lines look so deliberate. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it's brilliant. it? Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not much to really say about the other ones on the page here. There's yes. a Sonic from Daniel and Kevin Grant in Bedford. That is just a circle they've, tool. They've used the circle mm. tool to draw a ball and then put some spikes on the end of it mm. as, and drew sort of Sonic's face mm. on it. There's a, a, a Lanky Knuckles from Stuart Daniel Mills in Enfield. A, uh, a familiar-looking Tails from Jonathan Williams in Dolly. Uh, I'm not sure why that looks so familiar. Yeah, flying towards us, mo- mostly head, limbs dangling behind. Yeah, looks like it's reference or something. And then uh, Andrew Robinson from Norwich has used the circle tool and the oval tool to draw a head-on Sonic. Yeah, best as he can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're all fine. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I couldn't have accomplished anything with MS Paint back in the day. Yeah, but... Um, Steve Harris's, though, is very impressive, and I do wonder what he did that with. Yeah, it's just really good. Must be D-Paint. I mean, I wonder the same thing about the Metallics one, too. Mm. Well, get in touch. This was all impossible. I like... <laughs> to be honest, even the art of drawing on tablet is... Yeah. is alien to me now i just can't i've tried i can't do it i can't master it never mind that these kids would have been using a mouse but that's what i'm saying like i'm just trying to establish that even today i think it's all anybody who can do it is a genius wizard but back then i i you know and i would have tried Mm. back then because obviously i had a i had a mouse Mm -hmm. and but i i i I can't even conceive yeah uh, and then this is this is still years before I had a computer in the home. So oh yes, this is all so far removed from me. The idea that you could do this with a computer mm. is like hats off to everybody included here. Yeah, I was a prolific de-painter by this point. I'd been I'd started animating some cartoons around now, but like you had to get used to it. You had to draw with a mouse for a long time before you could draw mm. with a mouse. These kids have done some great stuff. No, I mean, how could that Sonic possibly Don't have know. been drawn with a mouse? Yeah. That's not possible. <laughs> you can't draw with a mouse. <laughs> Echo the Dolphin. Return of Echo the Dolphin, part two. Written by Alan McKenzie, art by Steve White, letters by Tom Frame, miscredited here as Elita Fell. Echo takes on the giant squid holding the asteroid's black pearl, using his sonar to navigate his way through the squid's ink cloud and knock the pearl from its grasp and into a trench. 
braving the trenches, crushing water pressure, Echo recovers the pearl, unaware that prolonged exposure to its alien radiation threatens his life. Ooh, hey. Ooh. Ooh, this is a bit more back on form, this isn't it? This is a good one. I lost yeah. to enjoy. I mean, it's weird to say back on form, because obviously this is a completely different writer who didn't write the previous mm. one, but, but um, you know, the, the things I sort of had issue with uh, last issue, we've got that weird alien lingo at work yeah. again, that weird other culture. He Echo refers to the squid here as many fins, mm. or whenever the, the, uh, the squid sprays him with ink, he calls it, what does he call it? Dark cloud, yeah. all one word. Or when he has to go down into the uh, into the ocean trench, he talks about how he may not survive the heavy water at the bottom of the trench. And I'm like, yeah. yes, this is more like it. This is that land before time stuff I've been missing. Yeah, and that's it. And throughout all of that, we we are gifted more of this now. Honestly, really realistic artwork. It's got yeah. more and more realistic as things have gone on. And um, and then there's this great little sequence in the middle. So the squid shoots out loads of ink. And mm-hmm. it stings Echo's eyes, so he has to close his eyes. So you get two panels of what it looks like tracking everything just via sonar. And what the artist has done is given us two completely black panels, but then just used like a scratchy-looking white gel pen to just scratch out the outlines of the squid, Echo. The pearl gets to be a big ball of white, but it's gripped in these tentacles where you can only see the... The, the pocked surfaces on, on one end. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really cool effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's well that's some good. good stuff. It's the sort of thing you can imagine, you know, there were a few animation studios in the UK in those days trying to be all cool by animating like this. There's, there's <laughs> a bit like it in Rupert and the Frog Song. It's a bit, it's a kind of magic, you know, people were trying out these unusual techniques and it looks like that. It just looks really cool. Even some of the surrounding panels, like when the... Um, the uh, the squid releases the ink mm. then as well, and it comes billowing through the water. Yes. Like that looks great. Or that panel of echo up there on the top left on the same page. That could that could be like that looks referenced from life. That does. Yeah, the vague haze of the water, like blurring the outline of of, of echo. Oh, ooh, ooh! <laughs> I like to look at it. Ooh, I like to look at and it. And then we do get uh, an another sort of effects page when he's deep down, where mm. it's not quite as stark as I just described, but. It's very, very... Well, what it kind of looks like is deep underwater photography of the sort where yeah. you can only see one side of everything because the essentially the uh, the torch on the front of the little vehicle that they're filming with is lighting things up. That's what it looks like. So Echo's got this streak of light down one side of him and you can just make out where the pearl is and the rocks around where the pearl is, but you can't really see surroundings or anything. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he finally gets this and sort of bats it upwards with his nose. And he's going like, oh, this is weird. It's, oh, ah, it's hot, but not hot. I, ah, I don't know if I can stand the pain long enough to, mm, ah, to reach the top of the trench. And it says in the captions, it's radioactive, readers. He doesn't yes, know about radioactivity. no way of knowing that the black pearl emits poisonous radioactive rays. Oh, so cool. And they're too long in contact with the pearl will kill him. And that's on a black panel. And then the end of it is like, Echo goes, feel strange, dizzy, yes. and he, he wavers, he starts to fall yeah. back through the water, he, the pearl falls off his nose, and then the final panel is just a BAM! Hard cut to black. 
The too long in contact will kill him. Oh. Card cut black. Mm. Yeah, oh, cool. that's like three three uses of hard blacks in this story. <laughs> is like from light to dark, from light to dark. Boom, 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 up and down that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, it's just, wow, the first chapter maybe was just kind of an aberration then, hopefully. Yeah. Rest of it carries on like yeah, this. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't leave us with much to talk about because it's only... A, no, we just go, oh, yeah, it's just Echo swims it's a bit in a the dark. a couple of quick pages <laughs> of swimming about in the dark, but it's so compelling, it's so exciting, it's dramatic, it's really well made. It's the artistry and the atmosphere, you know, ra- rather than the actual events themselves. It's exactly you know. what you want out of the concept of a comic adaptation of Echo the Dolphin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ethereal, unearthly... They, they just wasn't. It just wasn't there last issue yeah. for whatever reason. But the return of the strange land-before-timey linguistics yeah. that creates that vaguely unearthly other culture type mm-hmm. thing. And, and then that is magnified by taking this character and putting him in, 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 in these environments yeah. that man may not know. That man may not know. And giving, and as well, the, the, the squid is just, it never talks. It's never like, oh, no. little one. It's that sharp tooth thing again. It's the same deal with those, with those yeah. sharks back at the start. Like, this is notionally, it's just another fish that yeah. should just be as sentient or whatever as Echo. But no, this is, this is the sharp tooth in the land before terminology. It's the monster. Yeah. And so what you have is fish, creatures of the deep, normal, natural ones, interacting with what turns out to be a radioactive, i.e., you know, futuristic industry type thing. They have this sci-fi ball and none of them know what to do with it. The squid's just like, mine, I'm a creature, mine. And Echo's like, (laughs) I have liberated it. Oh, ah, something's wrong. It's, and we know more than it. It's really cool. We have been told at this point in the narrative that the Vortex are aliens. Yes, yes, because so. he's fought their machines and everything. So we have had, yeah, this 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 idea of this horrifying, deadly, dangerous alien sci-fi force. Even even just here, as, embodied here as simply as something as radioactivity yeah. dropped into this. It's almost a fantasy world. Yeah. It, it might as well be a, a fantasy land, another planet with its own culture, yeah. with its own language to describe things, you know? Yeah. Animals of Farthing Woody, I'm sure we must have compared Echo oh, to Animals of Farthing yeah. Woody at some point in the course of the... But yeah, I mean, that's the vibe, and it is back in force, this issue. I love how the Vortex is called that, because it's the most alien possible thing, because we just know it as a Vortex that pulled things up. Yeah, yeah. So are we referring to that... Are we referring to the thing, the life force behind it? Is it alive? What is it? It's the most, it's a very good choice of name for an alien force. The Vortex. I actually wonder if it's purposeful or not. I know, me know? too. Have they just, have they sort of misread the idea that it was a Vortex? A Vortex. Did it say that, in the manual to Echo the, the, that they got sucked into a Vortex? Yeah, they, they were stolen by yeah. the Vortex. And then, and then they've misread yeah. that and used, oh, the Vortex, yes, the alien race are called the Vortex who stole the dolphins, yeah. And it's not us that's misread it. In this, an alien race is being referred to as the Vortex. The Vortex, yeah. It's just, I think it's cool, whatever it is, because these fish don't know. But it works either way. Yeah. Because, like, they, they would describe it as the Vortex, because to that, to, well, to Echo, anyway, at least yeah. that, that's all that it is. Yeah. It is a vortex that came and what else would he call it he knows not its true name yeah. but then i can't remember if he was the one who came up with it or if maybe the glyphs yeah or something but but it doesn't matter i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with what we've said <laughs> <laughs> well even if it was the glyphs 
the idea that the glyphs don't necessarily know everything. It, it, it all kind of we're in this weird world where nobody understands anybody, and it's and there's peril about that. It's great. Well, the glyphs had knowledge of this sort of thing. They were built by man in Atlantis. Yes. Ooh, which I'd sort of forgotten about until right now. And that's really cool. It amplifies, amplifies the. Oh, it's all good. And, but as I've said, I'm sure I'm. Maybe I said it last time, but I'm, I'll say it again now in case mm-hmm. I didn't. Is that I don't remember what happens. I, I, I like I remember the Sonic strips yeah. so well at this point because some of the most exciting stuff is about to go down in the Sonic strip. Well, we've just like this. This 1995, generally yeah. speaking has been the most exciting the Sonic strips have ever been. And I've remembered them all pretty much, you know, well. Yeah. But I found out as the year has gone on, the, the other strips, the Kid Chameleons, the Sparksters, the Echo, stuff that I would have said to you before we started doing this show is like, yeah, I remember yeah. those. I'm realizing, actually, no, I'm really only... Re- like, I read, I read them and then I'm like, ah, yes, it comes back to yeah. me. But I'm sitting here now and I'm like... How does this... I mean, I guess he beats them at the end, but I don't remember what happens in the next four whole parts of this to go, and I couldn't even tell you... I couldn't even t- begin to tell you how it breaks down what happens in each bit or anything. And it's quite exciting to be in this phase now where I don't remember what's coming. Can you remember whether or not it's a kid chameleon and doesn't end? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure... I'm not mad and bitter about it, so I can't be, can I? <laughs> I remember kid chameleon because I'm mad and bitter about it. If I remember right, and I think I do, this is a complete thing and finishes the story. Cool. Hopefully I'm right. We will find out in a while, but I'm going to enjoy I'm going to enjoy what we've got until it's all over anyway. <laughs> Next issue, The Sea of Stars. Mm, that's cool. Is he off to space? I don't know. Oh, imagine if touching the pearl sends you off to space. Compo. This is a funny one. It's a two-page compo spread in yeah, the middle pages. Yeah, the center pages of the thing, yeah. It's a Robertson's Traffic Jam competition. Uh, <laughs> jam! Robertson's Jam, you see. Robertson's is a brand of jam and marmalade. And uh, for anyone who knows about Robertson's, uh, rest assured, there is no appearance of their little mascot on these two pages. <laughs> what were the little mascot? Oh, no. Maybe they had stopped using it by now. Yes, maybe they had. Maybe indeed they had. Um, so that's good news, if that's the case. It's not. It's not. They didn't retire him until 2001. Like, I, now that you've said, like, I, I always remembered that being a marmalade mascot. Yes. I just wouldn't have been able to tell you the brand that it was that particular yeah. brand. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I think it was on their jam as well. Uh, although I couldn't swear to it. Weirdly, that's the that's the primary association I have for that in my yeah. mind because that's the only place I ever saw it. Because obviously, like even in the nineties, it was on the way out. Yes, everywhere else it was gone, and they were like, "Oh, we don't need to change this. It's a traditional logo that we have. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. sell dolls of it and stickers. Collect the stickers. Get free prizes. It's a doll." <laughs> hey, kids. There's a neat way to test your road safety knowledge. So the way this works is mm. a double page spread. On the left hand side, of the, uh, there's a nice painted scene yeah, of nice. a little town. Yeah. And there are six spots denoted across the, the image mm-hmm. by red dotted outlines. Yes. And you have to stick the corresponding traffic signs yeah. onto this scene where they would go. Mm. They've given you four. Yeah on the page, and the others are available cut out from the labels on Jars of Robertson's uh, yes. Jam. 
Uh, so yeah, it's it's a it's a collect the pieces and build up the thing, and also you have to have real road knowledge. So the uh, and I don't. So I had to I had to think about this. <laughs> yeah, I do, and I still had to think about this because some of the placement of the signs, the the triangle at the top is ambiguous where that's supposed to go in the picture. You can see multiple roads. You can see a park. There's a little Punch and Judy show going on in the park, and some horse riding. There's all sorts of details. Very nice uh, painting. But it's things like there's a car waiting to come out into the road, so that presumably is where the mm. stop sign goes. There's um, people are cycling in the park, so I guess that's the cycling one. But you can see pictured on the jam jar, but not included here. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, I thought that... Well, see, there you go, you see. Would we, would we have won this or not? So I'm thinking the one in the top right, that's the school crossing one. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then uh, to the left of that, that's got to be the cycle lane yep. one. And then I thought that the circular one by the entrance of the park was the no entry sign. Yeah, it could well be. But then I don't think you need one because you wouldn't drive a car into a park anyway. I suppose. <laughs> but then the only other place that leaves that to go is that road that's got a car. Yeah. In. So, so maybe like, that's unless it's one supposed way. to say it's one way. So the idea is that there's supposed to be no entry in there but yeah so anyway point being you do have to think about it you do have to think about it and also i mean look you're never going to do it anyway because they've screwed up majorly what you have to do yeah, it's here, on the back of echo he's on the back of echo you have to cut out the road signs now okay admittedly all you'll be cutting out is that final black panel and they're actually positioned brilliantly well so that there would be no even text cut out at all if you got Dave, you have to cut out the whole page and post it in oh god you're right there <laughs> yeah god you're right there you gotta cut the whole you gotta get well, they're actually suggesting you would oh be left god. only with the little black box that's the bit yeah. you're supposed to cut around <laughs> oh my word well then that's just nonsense isn't it no they've messed that up supremely yeah uh, not a single stc carer about is going to send that in but if they didn't care and did send it yeah. in three people could have won the first prize of a rally max mountain bike and a madison storm cycling Fair helmet enough. i swear to god rally max and madison storm sound like <laughs> made-up cartoon characters don't in a they? tv show about a bmx bike team, don't, don't they? they and why weren't they that would have gone that would have that would have lasted a series <laughs> that would have been fine sell some bike you got 13 episodes out of that. Yeah. yeah. Sell some road safety gear anyway. Uh, cycling safety yeah. gear. Helmets and stuff. And 30 runners up get themselves a pack of spoke brights, which is less Yes, fun. it appears to be some like bright orange plastic wraps for your spokes on your bike. And, and uh, if that if the picture is to be Oh believed. yeah, I didn't realise that's what I was looking at there. Yeah, I guess uh, a lot of work to put those on. Uh, that's it. How would you even put them on? Because in the picture of the bike, it's got two reflectors. So that's what your first thought yeah. is. Oh, that's a, that's a spoke bright. But then there's this deliberate close-up on these brightly coloured spokes. So I don't know how you would even put them on. It must be loads they of It might work. be like... Uh, yeah, they, they would have to be like things you would press over the top or something. You know, like like, like uh, sleeves. Yeah, I suspect what they are is they're essentially just a, a strip of yellow plastic that's been curled round. So all you have to do is like push yeah. it on and it'll go through the joint. I had a little... I was reading through the directions here. All you have to do is complete our traffic jam sticky puzzle. The town scene opposite, blah, 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 like I said. You can find the other two missing signs on Robertson's special traffic jam competition jar labels. No purchase necessary. See labels for free entry details. Yeah, you know what? I'm pretty sure there's a purchase necessary. You've got to buy that jam. <laughs> you got to buy some jam, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to peel the label off in the shop. Peter. Talent show 
it yeah. says across the top, your chance to meet the STC creators face-to-face. Yes, Megadroid wasn't just telling us about the UCAC in the control zone, but uh, they've given us a page over to uh, advertising in advance here, complete with little self-portraits of various STC artists. I've never forgotten a line on this page. How do they do that? Why do they do that? What do they do it with? Just some of the many questions you constantly ask us about STC's fabled team of talented writers and artists. Well, now you've got the unique chance to put these questions to the creators themselves, face-to-face and in the flesh. Several of STC's star players, including Richard Elson, Carl Flint, Nigel Kitching, Lou Stringer, Steve White, will be at the UK Comic Art Convention in London next month to meet and talk to you and share the secrets of how they draw Sonic and his pals. If you're really nice to them, you might be able to request your own personal drawing arrive early and you might also get a free autographed copy of Sonic the Comic. So mark Sunday, the 1st of October in your calendar. The STC action starts at 3.30pm at the Institute of Education. That sounds sinister. Bedford Way, London, WC1. Children get in free provided they're accompanied by an adult type person. You knew they had to be useful for something. So come on down. It'll be a blast. As described earlier, we did not get to go to this. And so, I've pulled in an old friend of ours, Selena Thomas, from the good old days of STC fandom online back in the 90s, that was when we all met, who did go to this event, am I right? I did. It was so scary. <laughs> it was so exciting, and it was, <laughs> was so it? scary. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, because we were little. Well, I forgot about that, yeah. Not as little. I was one of significantly one of the oldest ones there. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So, like, we're on a different plane to the current readers of STC then like it's I haven't thought of that before were we old it was weird they were all like not much younger but like significantly younger boys oh I remember very specifically being aware that I didn't want to push in in front of the kids mm. so they obviously were that little bit younger than me right yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing is, when you are any age of kid, <laughs> a year, six months, it's like a completely different yeah. species of human. Uh-huh. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Even somebody as young as two or three years, you know, literally nothing. Yeah. An 11-year-old compared to a 13-year-old yeah. would be... A baby. Yes. A <laughs> tiny little... You'd expect to be asked to babysit that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it makes sense, because when we started reading STC... We were about 11, so yeah. yeah. So I guess the fact that 11-year-olds were still reading it, or whatever age they were, or down, like anything down to, God, I don't know, seven would have been about right. Probably. Seven, eight, yeah, that wouldn't have been unusual, I wouldn't have thought, no. No, so I guess we were, I guess we were on the upper end. We just stuck with it. Yeah. I do not care to believe that, (laughs) but (laughs) even believing that now at this point, well, no, I say that, but... God love it. I I wasn't around for much longer after this, oh, you know. Oh, we were, weren't we, Sal? We stuck. Yeah, we... I did actually start to drift towards that. I'm too big no, for me, this. Me and Sal know. never no. got that. We stuck around to right to the end. No, I know. Although I know, we I know. we well, we threw our weight around in a different way, didn't we? We were like, well, now we're old enough that we must discuss this on the internet, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we became like super sort of professional with it. We got to yeah. know the artists and yeah. writers, and we weren't just fans <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh. Anyway, so here we've got a page (laughs) of these caricatures, which I've never, ever forgotten. Because, of course, quite frankly, this is where I'm starting to want to know who these people are. And, of course, particularly Nigel and Richard Mm. and um, Lou Stringer. What was really funny was these photos were vital. Um, There's this one moment which has been seared into my brain. When I was queuing up and waiting, and I was sort of staying 
bag, letting all the other kids who are clearly babies sort of meet the group. And I just remember this one lad younger than me, and he had the magazine open on that page, and he was looking oh. at the caricatures. Oh. oh, and holding it up to try and find them. And he shouted out, Cole Flint, that's my man! I remember that clear as day, and he like beelined over to the queue to get to Carl Flint. That was the one he wanted. I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. And I love that for Carl because, you know. <laughs> I do, yeah, because Carl is not the one that you would have thought anybody would have been hungry to meet. <laughs> not not the main Even one. Even though he's intrinsic to, like, the, yeah. the visual identity of the cover of the comic on the shelf, you know. We've just been saying today about how he does all the covers now. He does all the covers. Uh-huh. Carl covers Flint. He's, he's credited it says as there. Your, as yeah, a- it's Carl covers Flint artist, Steve Echo White artist, Lou Shortview Stringer writer, and then I like this, Richard Sonic Elson artist, and Nigel the Comic Kitching. <laughs> well, when you're a writer and an artist, you're a one-man comic. Exactly, you're a comic. You're, you're a walking comic. So who did you meet? Eventually I met all of them. Yeah. But there were just a couple that I really, really wanted to meet, obviously. And they were the two at the end of the line, because they knew that um. Richard Elson and Nigel Kitching would be the two, I guess. Right. This is really funny, actually, because anyone who knows me, I know Dave does, you know mm-hmm. this about me. I am mad on Knack the Weasel. He is, like, the character <laughs> I am. i that, but yeah. Nuts about, I am nuts about him, but... This meet and greet was the reason I became obsessed with Knack. Oh, really? Oh, right. Because we queued up and I was hanging back because I felt like I didn't want to push in and blah, blah, blah. And mm. the time was getting on. It was getting pretty late. And you sort of did the whole sort of L shape and you met all the other people. I forget who was on this side. And I actually showed you the photo earlier of the lineup. So it was like Nigel Dobbin, Lou Stringer, someone else, Richard Elson, Nigel Kitching. Oh, there were more people here than just these ones that are pictured. I guess there must have been. There must have been. I can't think who, though. Well, we'll find out because Cell comes armed with photos, which Chris, you'll see in a minute. And we can pop them on the old uh, Twitter. They are terrible photos. They are very old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, so I hung back, I queued up, I met everyone, and I had previously written to Richard Elson. I had previously written to him and sort of gushed about how I wanted to be a comic artist and blah, 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 and he hadn't replied. Oh. Which, you know, fair enough, I didn't really expect a reply, but, yeah. you know. Sure. When we finally got to meet him, I was like, oh, and it was very much, I was so aware that people were sort of waiting to usher them off and... Right. It was going to end soon. Oh, so you'd hung back right to the end, like? I pretty much waited till the end. I didn't oh, want to be no. a pain. Oh, These no. days I'd like march on up and yeah. be like. But no, it was. I just didn't want to be a pain. I didn't want to be like the weird 13 year old or whatever compared to all these little kids. That, you know, I just didn't want to do it. So yeah. when I got to him, all I had in my head was I want to say hi. I want to ask if he ever got my letter. And <laughs> they were like sketching and doing sketches for all the you know, people there. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to ask for Sonic, Tails or Knuckles. That's so cliche and boring. Right. I ask and I'm racking my brains like, what vaguely obscure STC character can I have? Yeah. And I always liked Knack, but I wasn't that into Knack. He's fine. And Richard sort of looked up and said hi. And I said, like, did, did he get my letter? Um, oh, yeah. He said he did. Now, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how would he know? know. He must have got a few. Mm. I think he was being polite. Yeah. I think he was sparing my feelings. But I said, could I please have a sketch of Knack the Weasel? Yeah. And he did this not great in his own words sketch just a headshot (laughs) just a headshot of knack really loose really rough and i was like besotted with it It was great whatever very very happy chatted for a bit he got talking to my mum and dad because they were there obviously and it was really really (laughs) sweet and then they went away and i was really happy with that whatever and then about 
a week later, two weeks later, I got a reply to my letter oh. with a perfectly inked, perfectly rendered oh, picture good of Nack the Weasel. Oh. He had done a full size, full body so, inked picture. I am so happy to hear that because <laughs> I did that when a kid came up to me at my comic table and I thought oh. I was weird about it. I drew a bad drawing <laughs> in their sketchbook and was like, listen, I'm going to send you a better one. And I did. <laughs> yeah, it made my day. And I felt so stoked. Like, okay, well, it wasn't the best sketch I got on the day, but now I'm better than all those other kids because I've got the ink job. <laughs> Knack the weasel. <laughs> yeah, I've still got it in a box somewhere. I would hope. Can I have your permission to show Chris the picture of you and Rich? Yes, of course. Oh, it's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can't even look at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was incredible. It was really foreboding too, because the building they were in was this like, it was my first ever thing. Like, obviously now we do comic conventions and that like all the time. We're so used to them. Yeah. But that was my first ever thing like it. Yeah, no, they were rare back then. And it was this huge, big, empty building. What mm. do you, like an education center? Uh, yeah, the or Institute something? of Education. Yeah, gosh. And we had to walk up there. There were other comic stuff going on. I didn't care about any of that stuff. Sure. And we just walked up these long stairs in this big, really sterile sort of office building, essentially. Yeah. And the STC lot were the biggest crowd puller there. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. There were more people around that table than anybody else. Oh, that's great. I love to see it. It was incredible. But STC was so huge back then. Yeah. Did you make any mental note of who else was there? No. Somewhere I've got a magazine or a flyer or something for it, but I couldn't tell you. I have to dig it out, but I couldn't tell you who was there now. I did not care. No, exactly. I beelined. (laughs) It does say in the little footnote box, and in a note specifically for parents, adults, and minders, (laughs) the STC event is just part of the UK Comic Art Convention, a three-day event commencing Friday, 29th September. This convention features comics of all types for all ages. Admission is usually £10 per day, though we are hoping for a special rate for the STC event. Hoping. (laughs) If you wish to find out more, please phone this number and please note that neither Sonic the Comic nor Fleetway Editions Limited has anything to do with the organising of the main convention. Mm. So whatever happens to you, you're on your own. Yeah. (laughs) Don't come crying to us. A lot of bum covering going on there, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if if you happen to find that flyer anytime between now and the 29th of September, basically then let us know sure. <laughs> we'll be able to edit something in i'm gonna try and do- i know where all my sdcs are unfortunately they're at the very back of the attic <laughs> and yes. i know all my other stuff all my paraphernalia and that is there yeah, too yeah. but yeah i've still got like all the front um like you know the freebies on every single one oh. have you yeah have you re- okay so we might have to send you into the attic even right okay i'm not even lying here yeah. i even have the starburst the uh, apple fruits <laughs> and they're still oh, on the no. cover <laughs> I've got the transfers stickers, I've got the comic. I used to keep them in like a box mm. and I remember there was one issue that came with some fangs and they mm. really pissed me off oh, because they um messed up the layering of out? the box. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know I remember the yeah. fangs very well. Oh that's where I got my fangs. <laughs> They were glow in the dark. Yeah, they were the cheapest, cheapest little thing that you could buy in any newsagents or shop at any Halloween time. I'm sure that must be on a, a future Halloween issue. I'm not aware of, mm. but it might have been the issue where Sonic is wearing a. I remember him wearing like a vampire cape, a Carl Flint cover. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it makes sense. It must be, mustn't it? That rings a bell. I'm gonna have to really go digging. Sorry, tangent. 
hey, we're about tangents. All and, about the tangents on this show. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll have to have Sal on for some tangents another time. Very cool. Yeah, no, I'm sorry I don't have more to sort of pad it out with. Don't worry. <laughs> it was a teenager going, oh my God. <laughs> you know? that, that's plenty of material for a single page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were being such a sonic hipster coming up with Knack the Weasel for him to draw. <laughs> Could I, um, Knack the Weasel? Um... I was just like, I can't make him do sonic again right? yeah sonic says this poor man had to draw on the last hour yeah right. meanwhile in his head he's probably like yeah i could draw sonic really easily now yeah <laughs> sketch them on no bother at all and then suddenly it's like what who like the who what <laughs> no but it worked because he remembered you that's true he did yeah it was good times london's quite a trek for where i am so we had a hotel overnight and I've got somewhere. This is how cool I am. Um, I made a ball of toilet paper from the hotel. What? Painted it blue and wrote on it UK Comic Art Convention. <laughs> and I've got that in my box too. Why, why did you do that? It's over here. Because I'm infinitely cool. <laughs> oh, I've got to have some souvenir so bog that's my roll. Su- <laughs> and I've still got that in the box I know I have along with the flyer and the art and everything. <laughs> oh well <laughs> pop that on ebay oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some authentic toilet paper that was the reason why i was like the oldest in the group still reading this comic <laughs> i do remember they had a mascot sonic there too so he was sort of like promoting the thing and i know lots of the photos were of that i had to trot that thing out at any event they could find <laughs> i met him at games master live in 92 oh sonic yeah the costume. It's him. <laughs> yeah. The re- it was really yeah, him he, at Games Master. He's friends with Sonic. It's not Sonic. He's friends yeah, with Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of his helpers. I met him on the Sega bus. Did you? you went on the Sega, Sega bus? bus? Twice. And I've got the certificate because I won. <laughs> I think we're saving this. I think we'll have Cell on on a future episode and we'll have the Sega bus story then. Right, Cell, thanks for that. That's great. We have an on-the-ground <laughs> roving reporter at UCAC. I just love that this page is in this comic, you know? It's like, I wasn't yes. there, but just the very idea... Well, I love a feature in the comic anyway. Yeah. Just something, a little freeze frame in time. But to also be the proof of this is where Sonic the comic was now. You know, having yeah. an event unto itself. And you can yeah. come on and tell us that it was jammed out. It was the most attended thing there. Yeah. Hell yes. And what year other than 95 could it... We, you know, we used to say like 94 was the year of Sonic the Comic with all the summer specials and the poster mags and the double-sized Christmas issues and everything. And it was never like... There was never that much content put out again. But 95, I mean, this is the year of, of everything that's going on this year. The Sonic and Knuckles adaptation, the Brotherhood of Metallics, Chaotix, and Brutus coming up before the end of the year. Yeah. How could it not be the most attended event? You just got me so nostalgic. I'm just sat here grinning like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. And if Chaotix and that were red, that's why Knack was relevant then. Yeah. yeah. See, he wasn't too obscure. <laughs> We've just two issues ago finished the original Chaotix strip. So Knack has had his, he's been yeah. introduced, he's had his moment. But he's only been in a, he had a big role, a pivotal role. But imagine Richard Dawson probably did go, Knack the what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did probably have to think for a moment when he had that one requested. (laughs) When you think of how many kids would have probably suggested, like, weird, obscure Sonic characters, you would get that one guy who wants that one character in the back of one shot, and... Yeah. I've got a wasp in here. No! (laughs) He's all right, go out. (laughs) Yeah, we're fine. Um, Yeah, and you just think, you know, they must have had some sort of, like, mirror memory of the characters they played a lot. 
sorry. <laughs> sorry, can you see it? No, I can just see you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's over there now, it's fine. Listen, the second I get a wasp in this room, I'm out of the room, so you're braver than me. We normally get hornets, so this oh, is downsides. No! <laughs> oh, God, I'm out of the street if there's a hornet. Yeah, so I think that... Ye- oh. Sorry, I just touched that. <laughs> oh, right, no! maybe we'd best wrap up then so you can take care of that. Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're going to draw this to a close now. I'm so glad you edit this. <laughs> no, you're good at this. I'm having you on again. Would you like to drop an at or a link or anywhere people can find you? Yeah, you can find me. I have no shame anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, I am mostly on Twitter at ReaperFox. Reaper is in the Grim Reaper. Fox is in the animal. <laughs> Shocker. So you can go and annoy her with questions about what it was like to meet all these celebrities. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sal. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, guys, for having me. See you Bye. Again. Go and battle that wasp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's still here. Wait, I'll let you guys get on with it. <laughs> all right. See you again soon. Bye. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Carl Flint, that's my man. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Knuckles Tales. The Revenge of Trog. Part 3. Written and drawn by Nigel Kitching. Letters by Ella Fell. Knuckles and Tails are followed to the land beyond by Moraine Blackthorn, Errol's sister, out to claim revenge on Trog for what he did to her brother. The trio were confronted by Trog's army and are soon outnumbered while Trog is preparing to summon the Dark One and transform the Enchanter Kings into monsters like him. Well, let me just get the obligatory... So round Yeah, okay. But it is, isn't it? It's just, there are so many shapes. The, the crystal thing, that's great. The horde of guys that show up at the end. Uh, that's great. Oh, look at all these Nigel Kitchen decapitate yes. monsters. I don't have much to say about the actual strip itself, except that I think Moraine seems really cool. She has big 1990s kids cartoon and comics female character energy. She does. She does, yeah. Which is to say... You think that just because I'm a yeah. girl, I'll get in the uh, way? Yeah. There's nobody in the Nameless Zone can best me with a sword. And I'm like, because she is the one woman, she has the burden of her entire gender <laughs> on her character. So she has to be the ultra cool, competent character. Since we know her as She-Fox. Yeah, I guess in those days she did. Mm. That's just the way of it, you know. But she does it. She carries it. And it works. And, and she really does feel like, you know, an Errol Blackthorn type. She is a an old-fashioned swashbuckling hero type and um yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the i suppose i don't know formulaically what the point of her is going to be because we've got this knuckles and tails team up which we've already talked about is kind of perfect yes you you get the impression perhaps in the original drafting of this somewhere oh. along the way this was the character tails teamed up with to take oh. uh, errol's place so to speak and then kitching was able to add knuckles to the story when he was able to come back to it. That's an interesting but theory. But Marine is also here as well. Oh, that's an interesting theory, yeah. Well, and uh, certainly I, I bet in this version it'll be a kind of... Um, it's useful to have a local fox with them to explain things, basically. Otherwise they would just be going, what's that? What's that? You know? I mean, she's not local. This is the land beyond. She's never been here before. No, but she knows what the lore is, doesn't she? She knows the legends. She knows what's going on. Like, we're sat here wondering why these people are going to a place and coming back as trogs. 
I bet she'll know more about that. Maybe. We'll see, I guess. I mean, I, I like some of the stuff here. You know, Miles Pryor, my sword is at your service. What's the plan? Well, you mean besides the running away and hiding plan? This is no time for jokes. Everybody always thinks Tails is kidding. Oh, there you go. And now I remember reading this because I read it yesterday morning. Um, oh, yes, of course. Well, that's the point of Marine, isn't it? Yes. To give the central gag, the central premise that Knuckles has to pretend to be Sonic to keep that up, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's the point of Marine, narratively. And to give Knuckles someone to, to essentially bounce off that isn't Tails, because there's this... Basically, she very quickly... She's the first person in all of the Nameless Zone to figure out that actually Tails doesn't seem all that much. Tails is a bit rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, right, I got This is a great interaction. Oh, They've been so fighting these, these troll monsters. Anyway, Sonic, why do you serve Miles Pryor? I've been watching you, and you are by far the more powerful. Yeah. But then Knuckles comes back with, eh, Tails is a lot tougher than he looks. Oh. No, no, you know what? I'm sorry. We're recording this after Idris Elba's casting has been announced. <laughs> Cockney Knuckles, no real for this podcast. Yes. Gear off on my island. We're prophets. Oh, yeah. We did, didn't we? God, I've been doing this for so long now that I forgot that that isn't just part of Sonic lore on the internet. Go off my island. <laughs> Gear off on my island. That was us. We came up with that. Yeah. No more no more hemming and hawing about Knuckles as well. What tells is a lot tougher than he looks. I really think we should give up now. Not tougher than he looks, yeah. And then this big, big, huge army comes in. But I love that interaction. It's great. Actually, someone's trying to big Tails up. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Knuckles is being really cool about Tails. He is being so chill about this whole yeah. thing. It's like, okay, I'm Sonic. All right, fine. Whatever, it's cool. Yeah, all right. Uh, I, I will help you save face. I will pretend yeah. to be your girlfriend to go back home for family Sunday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Moraine, see, she, she's seen through this straight away and Knuckles is covering for him but she's obviously you know gonna see through it and they're just gonna be mm. that oh this is a really good little setup of characters actually Nigel knows yeah, what he's that, doing how do you learn this stuff I want to know how to do it <laughs> in the midst of all this we get a little cutaway to Trog who's watching through a, a viewing crystal mm. you know and he's got the Enchanter King strapped to a big table behind him and he's like soon I will have my revenge on my little two-tailed freak and in the background the Enchanter's like goes on a bit doesn't he <laughs> Look, Trog, everyone knows how Miles' power beat you. You've become obsessed with more. All this old boy and goes on a bit, and they've suddenly turned into these old British caricatures that I don't think they were before. Yeah. Speaking of caricatures, in that last panel on the page, doesn't Trog look like Tommy Lee Jones? I, um... <laughs> I don't think he does. You and Chandler Kings will be changed, changed into superior form. You'll become like me. <laughs> The moon is nearing its zenith. The time is almost here when he will summon forth the Dark One. Mm. Yes, the Dark Still One. Still don't know what it we is. Learned in the, well, we learned in the original mm. uh, story that it was like an evil ancient force that transformed the third Enchanter King, Shirobe, mm. into Trog. And it was, you remember, you remember in that it was just like an evil, well, every character in that first tale strip, thanks to Dave Wendit's art, was just Tails' head on someone else's body. So that was just an evil tail's head with horns. The next issue page of this issue indicates there'll be a slight shift in the artistic direction of the character. Another good strip. Yeah, God, I'm really enjoying this mm. one. I love the Knuckles. There's only that little bit of Knuckles and Tails interaction this time, but it's just so... It's charmingly refreshing. I must say that, yeah, when, yeah. when I... 
approached this strip originally and I was like, oh, Knuckles and Tails. That sounded perfunctory to me. It sounded like, yeah, I'll chuck them together. The other two, yeah, whatever. But it just gives gives Nigel so many options to do character stuff and that we love that and here it is. And it, yes, and they're mm. fighting monsters. Why not? And yeah, you've, as I say, you you twigged on to what Moraine's narrative function in the story mm. is, and yeah, and that's what I mean. The best interaction of the strip is is that bit with where she questions Tails, she questions Knuckles about Tails, and Knuckles is able to go, Nah, no, sorry, I'm no big deal. It's all about Tails over here, you know. Check this man, check my man out over mm. here. He's his wingman, and that happens in one panel, but it's such a highlight. Yeah, it's just one panel, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, like, so we get this interaction wherever Moraine comes over the bridge and explains what she's here for. She's yeah. come to get revenge for her brother. And Knuckles is like, look, Trog also captured the Enchanted <laughs> Kings. That's what we're here for. Ah, you must be Sonic, Miles Pryor's assistant. This is a dangerous mission. And then she says a line about, just because I'm a girl, I'll get in the way. Yeah. And then Knuckles responds to that. Actually, it's more like he says to Tails out of the corner of his yeah. mouth. Sensitive or what? Which is another way of writing. Women, am I right, folks? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, like, big, sole female character in a 90s kid's property energy going on there. But also, I'm like, to be honest, Knuckles, by saying sensitive or what, you're trying to claim that was not the veiled intention behind your objection. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Knuckles, but I think it kind of <laughs> was, was the veiled intention behind your objection. Why are you objecting to having another badass warrior with a sword, with a sword? on this dangerous mission with you, you know? I think it's because it's a girl, Knuckles. Yeah. I'm sorry, all those years of isolation on the floating island haven't done anything for your sense of social justice, but... <laughs> Knuckles the incel. Oh, no! No! <laughs> that one moment aside, when it comes to at least um, backing up his bro and not turning him in in front of Moraine, he's he's at least good guy Knuckles in that regard. Yeah. Oh, I love STC Knuckles. Mm, he's the best, Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> Next issue, the Dark One. Oh God, have I even like bothered to look at it? I think I put my eyes across the Q zone. I know, right? <laughs> it's just cheat codes and yeah, things. it's a selection of cheats and tips from David Gibbon to keep you game friendly. We've got codes and stuff for Earthworm Jim, Jelly Boy, Sonic and Knuckles. And the Earthworm Jim Special Edition on the Mega CD. I was interested. Uh, maybe we've been told about this before, but I was interested to in this little bit of copy about the Earthworm Jim Special Edition, which says featuring hilarious new animation, a super new weapon, and some fantastic brand new levels. The special edition was a worthwhile addition for all owners of the Mega CD. I feel as if that was um, quite a rare thing back then, when you would have like a re-release of the same game but spruced up a bit. Which, of course, they do yeah, whenever probably. they bring out a new console. They do that now with all the games, don't they? Well, I think, based on these level codes, I think these asteroids things are the extra levels. Oh, well, that doesn't sound very interesting. I think they are 3D-style head-on flying levels in between the other levels. Oh, uh, so they just drop some shmups in for no reason, just because they had a CD to play with, yeah. The Sonic and Knuckles one is just telling you how to do... This feels like something we don't need telling, but actually... It kind of is. This is telling us that sure, yeah. how you can access those extra special stages if you plug different games into Sonic and Knuckles. Because it's easy yes. to forget that we didn't all know that the No Way screen was a fake out. Yes, that's it. I wonder yes. why they put that there. Like, why did they want it to be secret that you could do that? Mm. To be honest, this is the thing, though, is like my memory, mm. and it may, be a, it may not be a correct memory, sure. my memory is that 
Select a game from your collection and after you've plugged your cart into SNK, watch out for the screen with Sonic & Co saying, No way! If this comes up, press A, B and C together. And if your cart is compatible, you'll be whisked to a secret bonus level. And then it says, Echo, Robotnik's Mean Green Machine and Dynamite Heady all work. And to try experimenting with other things to find out. Not not, not mentioning that Sonic 1 does it. Obviously the big famous example. Yes. I'm pretty sure I used Sonic 1 when I would have rented Sonic and Knuckles from the shop. But I don't think that I knew that the secret bonus level was just blue sphere yeah and that's a bit of a disappointment if you don't know to be honest with you no exactly and if it the fact that it's the same for every game i mean of course we understand now as adults why that is but like yeah at the time you kind of go like oh what'll happen if i plug echo in oh what'll i get if i plug this in and the answer is nothing it's just blue sphere you know the most frustrating part of the game. <laughs> well, I suppose, yeah. I mean, not, not that I'm saying it's necessarily terrifyingly difficult or anything, but when you're a kid. Yeah. But but it's like, you know, when you, whenever you're told you're going to get a secret bonus yeah. level, if you plug Sonic 1 into Sonic and Knuckles, you're thinking maybe you're going to get to play as Knuckles in a level of Sonic 1 or something. Or something. And it's just a f***ing special stage with the blue balls again. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm, you know, criticizing the game necessarily. It's just tell me what it was up front and I wouldn't have been mad about it. <laughs> yes, and for anyone listening who who doesn't know and hasn't put it together from what we just said, yes, when you plugged, the, I think, like, nearly any game, I'm sort of surprised to hear that there were some and it wasn't. Some weren't compatible, no, I knew some right. weren't. But when you plugged nearly any game into Sonic and Knuckles, because, of course, it had that lock-on thing, you could hinge open the cartridge, yeah. you would get this screen in which a sort of 3D rendered Sonic, Tails, Knuckles and Robotnik are standing there and the phrase no way exclamation mark is scrolling past with the continue music but every fourth no way has a question mark no way and that was the hint that you needed to press all the buttons and that would get you through to either a bonus level or if you plugged Sonic 1 in as close to an infinite number of bonus levels as as mm. you know you never get to the end of it because they're all just generated off strings of code and things so yeah that's what that is. You know, it's not Tails and Knuckles themed at all, is it? Oh, is it? No. It's, <laughs> there's a lot of Knuckles's, and then, then there's some. There's as many Sonics as there are Tails. That's true, yeah. Um, so this is a two-page <laughs> spread of kids dressed up as Sonic characters. To varying degrees of success. <laughs> well, listen, no shade. Sonic characters are some of the yeah. hardest things to translate into workable costumes going. Yeah, no, definitely. The one that really just leaps out at you first is Jimmy Belcher in Farringdon. He is wearing a Knuckles costume, and I don't think there was an official one, so these will all be parent-manufactured. Oh, yeah, no, these are all mum work. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and so no shade to any of the mums here, but they're all... No, not in the slightest. Most of them are quite droopy and strange-looking, and and this is one of those. There's a a sort of a, you know, face mask that, that goes down like a bit of a Jimmy Hill chin, there, the the dreads are <laughs> yeah. kind of coming off at all angles. There are spines down his back. Well, yeah, that, that's what is. Those are spines down his back, aren't yeah, they? You yeah. can see what's happened there. The mum's seen the tail and gone, "Oh, he's like Sonic. He must have loads of those down there." He's got a bunch down the back. Yeah, but yeah. the shoes are very good, and the the gloves yeah. have got the spikes on and everything. And um, I just can't help but looking at the background. This kid is standing in what I assume is his own bedroom because if you look at that bit of cabinet or whatever it is he's got the sonic stickers up the big ones can oh, you see them yeah, there's a zone there runner all, yeah. a zone runner sticker there's a tails sticker above that the the big ones that came with sdc that time well they're either in his bedroom or he's been allowed to stick them on something in the well, that's room. the thing it looks like a living room partly because it, it does has look a, like a living room partly yeah. because it has that sort of 70s 80s carpet 
Yes. With the sort of flowery patterns in circles type thing. Listen, it's Bronenbeard. Yes. It's it's exactly it. That's it. Looks like a living room carpet. I don't know why we had different carpets for different rooms, but that looks like a living or dining room carpet. The wall is beige. Yeah. The door is brown. The yeah. cupboards are brown. The carpet is brown and beige. <laughs> it's 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 an eighties. Based room. on the fact that he's been allowed to put stickers up, I think I'm right in identifying what's stacked up at the bottom there as Beano annuals. <laughs> oh yeah, could be something about the spines, something about the colours of them. That says Beano annual to me. Right in, Jimmy. I'm not going to argue with you, but it's a large, blurry morass that could <laughs> really be any colour. Anyway, speaking of the stickers, though, yeah, Levi Thompson from Tredegor or Tredagor in Wales here. I think it's Tredega, and we would have stood a better chance of guessing that first time if STC's editors had spelled it correctly. Well, he's the one that's not in a costume, strangely enough, on the whole page. But he is playing his game gear, mm. and he's got a big old sticker stuck on the back of his game gear. Yep, believe a fox can fly, and uh, accordingly... And there's a little cuddly tails hovering overhead. How's he done that? What's it suspended on? Strung up on a string or something, I'm sure. Yeah, you can see a line that you want to say is the string, but it goes yeah. at such an angle that you're like, that wouldn't quite work, unless it's... Maybe someone off-camera gave it a push. Game gears were friggin' huge, weren't they? Enormous. When you look at yeah. it there... Jesus, like, look at the size of it. And is he? <laughs> is that a strap? Is he playing it on battery? Because that's... You don't play it on the battery, man. It does look like a strap, I have to say. Tell you what, though. He's sitting in a lovely chair made out of 80s, 70s carpet, isn't he? Living room carpet. Yep, I was going... <laughs> yeah, the 80s household vibe is strong. <laughs> yeah. Because I know we're halfway through the 90s now, but our parents haven't needed to rebuy their yeah, stuff. Yeah, the houses like, were, didn't come from them. Yeah, yeah. They've got all their stuff handed down from their parents, like... Above him, Jason and Danielle Allen, our uh, brother and younger sister, I'm guessing here, uh, from New Dustin in Northampton, are done up as Sonic and Knuckles. I've decided that the larger Knuckles one is the brother. I don't know why I've decided that, but... No, it seems right. Striking a very good pose. With, yeah. a, with a full, like, line of motion look to it. He's got the... It, cartoonist, you'll recognise this. He's got his one leg sticking out in a in a curve, like, behind him. And he's got his fist up, and he's got his head at a tilt. He's properly doing an action pose. And meanwhile, little Danielle, just big smile on her face, hands behind her back. Hands looking behind her back, sweet, yeah. Just, hello, I'm in the photo as well. <laughs> as Sonic, dressed as Sonic. The big sibling, little sibling energy <laughs> is supreme here. Battered only by one other picture on this page that we'll come to in a minute. We will, but I want to say a word about how good these costumes are. Like, Yes, these, these look like they're made out of that um, shiny... Woolly substance. They honestly make me think that maybe there was an official Knuckles costume after all. Because nah, it's grand. This is mum work. An official Knuckles costume wouldn't be made out of that shiny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got their faces painted for the white and the cream and the nose. Yep. Under the, the, the sort of the, the hole. But the hole that their faces look through have the brow shape on as well. And the Knuckles head yeah. even has like something supporting the back of it to make that sort of shelf that he's got back there it's very good being honest they're they're kind of horrifying in that with their human faces poking <laughs> out it's a real good effort it's it's difficult to do that probably takes us over to this one from garth brocks from newport who has uh is the best effort at trying to get the head right this is a a full papier mache knuckles head isn't it yeah the same vibe that that all the rest of these have onesies yes they're all they're all onesies that mums have stitched yes. one color onesies 
and then gloves. Yep, that's what everyone's got going on. And uh, and uh, some nicely done up shoes. Yeah, covered in foil and uh, you know coloured uh, tissue paper to make them the right colours and designs. Very good. Not seeing any knuckles on the gloves, but you can't ask for the moon on a stick. Can you? No, you, I, th- I think there's oh maybe yes. something in there's, there. There's, something just simply under the gloves. It looks to me as if there might be even you know two ping pong balls cut in half to make something. Yeah, something like yeah. that, yeah. To make very good, very good. Yeah, well done. As you say, the head is the hardest thing to do right, and that's the best example I've seen. And it's not, yeah, and it isn't just, it's not just, you know, they haven't just blown up a balloon and made it, they haven't just made a ball. It's got the eyebrow no, ridge, no, it's, it's got sculpted. the nose, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stuart Black from Little Sutton has focused solely on the head area for, for his Stuart efforts. has made an interesting choice, which I'm not even sure we can necessarily say is an attempt to resemble a Sonic character. No. So Stuart is not in a costume. No. He's just wearing a Sonic T-shirt, but he's very happy with himself oh, anyway. So that's all good. Pleased. You know, he's big smiles, yeah. flexing his muscles. Yeah. It's all good. But what he's done is he's put clothes pegs in his hair. He's put loads of clothes pegs in his hair. And I think, I think the idea is that they're supposed to be like Knuckles' dreadlocks. Maybe, or maybe this is one of those things where the person compiling the photos has found a tenuous link and decided that they're meant to be. Or this that. could just be a child who randomly one day stuck pegs in his hair and went, Mum, take a photo! And because he happened to be wearing a Sonic t-shirt... <laughs> a Sonic t-shirt, they sent it in, it's yeah. The, uh, mm-hmm. It's the Stay Sonic mm-hmm. art, isn't it? Of Sonic running yes. along, but on a it is, psychedelic it? Yeah. background instead of the city. But the clothes background. pegs... See, the clothes pegs are red, white, and yes. blue, so even if they're not all one colour, so we can't specifically point to them using the red ones to be knuckles. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But then the last picture on the page i mean is the one we were just talking about of stephen and thomas english from hexham in northumberland and oh dave they're looking stylish as heck i'll say that oh this is wonderful <laughs> this could have been you and your little brother couldn't it or, or it, me and yeah. one of mine yeah you know because they're again they're not in costumes no they're wearing paper masks of sonic and Teams. which they have drawn themselves maybe mum has helped cut them out because they're very well cut well out. maybe because the details one very well cut out with all of his hair tufts completely yeah. intact and these are just flat cardboard masks yeah. with elastic around them that go around their head just exactly what yeah. you're imagining you know and if Stephen is the older brother if we're going left here i will say Stephen's the older brother and thomas is the younger Stephen is sonic older brother and Thomas's tails, the younger brother, of course, because of course. That see, that's where Jason and Danielle have fallen down because yeah. Sonic is not the happy little younger brother who stands with the hands behind the back. No, but look, you know, oh, <laughs> though, no, but absolutely, oh, it's wonderful and fabulous. It's big, big, big sibling, little sibling energy. There, recreate that photo, Jason and Danielle. But the way that that energy is transposed onto Sonic and yes. Tails by Steven. How many times on this podcast have we talked about yeah. how you're Sonic and your little brother's Tails and that's all that matters age-wise. Yeah. That's all, uh, So what they're wearing, they're, I mean, mm, God, and then, <laughs> right, ground up, socks with sandals, both yep. of them, Thomas the Tank Engine socks. And they're very snazzy Thomas the Tank Engine socks as well. Everything about these two children is decorated. <laughs> Thomas is wearing a pad, and these are matching shorts and shirts in both cases. One is Paddington. Yes. Thomas is in Paddington. Looks like Paddington has gone to the beach. Yeah. And I can't tell 
What Stephen is wearing, no. it just seems to be blue clouds water. It's clouds and seagull motifs, isn't it? I think that's what I think that's all it is. I think it's oh, I bet it's not even clouds. I bet it's like the sea, and those are seagulls above yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And Stephen is also wearing forearm length gloves. Yes. Perhaps it's mum's washing up gloves. I, I, oh, it is. You're right, and they're white, so that's a Sonic thing. He's also got. He's also got a large yellow badge on, which might be Thomas again. Too blurry, Too blurry to really, to really tell, tell. And then they've got their Sonic masks yeah. on. And, I mean, are you not transported? <laughs> I'm transfixed. It's amazing. This is, these two kids are styling hard. And Yeah, that's the thing. Because here we have Steven, Sonic... Arms crossed, yep. Tory power posing with the legs. <laughs> you know, Thomas is not doing the little sibling hands behind the back, dude. No, no. He's got the hands on the hips. Yeah. yeah. He's the cool little brother who's hanging out with Sonic. Oh, that's right. Jesus, I love it so much. The older sibling, little sibling energy transposed so perfectly onto these two characters that they are wearing masks off. We can tell you nothing about these children. But I can tell you that their mum's proud. <laughs> and she shows them off. And she dresses them up. Come out and show your auntie your new yeah. t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And of course, I assume we can say the same of uh, Jason and Danielle Allen's parents as well. I like, mean, let, let's be very clear about Jason and Danielle. Danielle is not a younger sibling who has been press-ganged no, no. into wearing a Sonic costume to compliment older sibling no. Jason's. She's loving Absolutely it. loving her life. Oh, she wanted to be Sonic. Yep. To go along with Big Brother Jason's Knuckles' yep. costume so they could go out on Halloween together or whatever this is from. Yeah, oh, it must be. Or a fancy dress competition or something. Or yeah, something, like, yeah. yeah. Ah, sibling energy. Brilliant. Look, right. All of you, get in touch. I am begging you. <laughs> I just, I just want to know who made your costumes and what went on. Mums! Tell us about, come on and tell us about your lovely mums. STC does say at the very end here it regrets that photographs cannot be returned. Oh, got it. But you do get your Sonic and Knuckles disposable you camera. You do, so you could take another one, because that's one, but you've got to get that in the old photo album. You've got to get a copy for your nan. Sonic's World. The Seven Badniks, Part 3. Written by Mark Isles, art by Mike Hadley, colours by John Burns, and letters by Steve Potter. Discovering that Sonic and Co. have set up camp in the now-empty Palm Tree Panic Zone, Cam and Bert try to convince the Palm Tree Badniks to return there, but they've decided they like the Green Hill Zone and want to stay. Desperate, the pair use prototype Badnik parts to upgrade the surviving, damaged Green Hill Badniks, creating seven fearsome war machines with the power to retake their zone and send the Palm Tree Punks back where they came from. It got weirder. <laughs> it did. I mean, so first of all, Miracle Planet, all wrong, completely in. We, we pointed this out last time with the brief mention of it, yeah. Nigel's doing over in the Sonic Strip the wrong thing with the Miracle Planet by saying that it only appears for a few days out of a month. And yet the more useful for storytelling in STC. Which has been around since Sonic's Terminator, so, you know, he's just sticking with what's with the established canon. Whereas Isles over here is doing the game accurate thing where it appears just for one month out of the year. And not just doing them, both comics readers start with a caption explaining this is what the Miracle Planet does and they contradict each other. Yeah. I mean... Where was where was the editor? Honestly, I mean, like, honestly yeah. Like, well, how hard would it really have been to just get a different caption written for this? Yes, but the uh, the rabbit who we saw last issue uh, spying on Cam yeah. and Bert, 
has told Sonic that all the badniks left, and so the Freedom Fighters have chosen to use it as a temporary base yes. before the Miracle Planet uh, disappears again. You can see they've built a nice little house on stilts on the beach. So they can chill out for a couple of weeks and catch a few rays. Mm. But then Cam and Bert arrive and discover, yep, Sonic's here. So they immediately about face and head back to the Green Hill Zone to convince the uh, Palm Tree badniks that you must return with us to the Palm Tree Panic Zone to fight the rebels. Why? We like it here now. Yeah, fight them yourself, cat face. What a rude, what a, you know, well, really, really cutting insult there. Fight them yourself, you you with the face of a thing that you yeah. are. And said on a planet where everyone has the face of some animal or other. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bert brains one of the badniks, but uh, a bold move on Bert's part, given that they barely just survived fighting them last the episode. The braining moment is quite astonishing. He leaps off his ship from quite a height with his hammer out slams it down on the face of this bandit whose eyes pop out on stalks in, in yeah. what you know not really in a funny way more in a grotesque sort of a way coming out on these cables so they go to the badnik research and development facility yeah. cam has a plan where they're going to use prototype parts from the latest designs in this facility to upgrade the few surviving damaged green hill zone badniks that they rescued last issue and create the titular mm. Seven badniks. There's some stuff to look at here. I mean, I can only wonder and imagine what the script said for this page. Like, draw some badniks who look all wrong. <laughs> I'm on it, boss. Yeah. <laughs> um, can do. But there's this... First off, you get a, a really good picture of, you know, the R&D facility with all of its funny-shaped buildings going up. And then you're inside it. Mm -hmm. And it's basically badniks that are stuck-together pieces of actual badniks, but all put together in the wrong order. And, well, I don't know the names of the badniks, but a fish one on a unicycle one. <laughs> uh, yes, he's just carrying that. Like, there's a motobug just carrying a chopper on its back there. Yeah, pointing in the wrong direction. You see, actually, Hadley's almost got the buzz bombers Well, right that's the thing. Time. Yes, that, he has. That's the thing. In drawing them deliberately wrong, he's drawn all the parts just right. But what is going on in those little canisters at the sides? There are these little alien fetuses developing in glass jars. Or yeah, those are creepy. Very yeah. cool looking, but I don't know what they're meant to be or why it's ha like. God, now I'm imagining that just like quietly in the background, Robotnik's got this amazingly advanced Badnik creation program where he's just generating these these weird living beings. Organic batteries oh. in it, cheaper <gasps> than uh, than having to go out and hunt your oh. victims, growing them in vats, these growing little people. That oh, that's I love that. <laughs> and then. <laughs> the number two hammer. Yeah. We'll create special badniks which will be able to reclaim the Green Hill Zone, and then we'll take the palm tree panic badniks back to the Miracle Planet. I'm like, why not just take the new ones you're about to make to the Miracle Planet? Never yeah. mind. Um, sure, Cam, but I don't think we should mess with the prototypes. Well, if you don't like it, you can go and tell Dr. Robotnik how we let the rebels take over. I'll get started on the prototypes right away. My number two hammer should be just right for them. And he gets out this tiny, weeny little, tiny miniature hammer <laughs> that he has to, like, pinch between two fingers with his tongue sticking out. It's so little. Mm. Pick, pick, pick. He's a little hammer. <laughs> I, Chris, I think I quite like Camembert now. I'm enjoying this strip. Well, I, don't, I mean... <laughs> This one got too weird for me. It got honestly. a bit weird. So then, yeah, it gets the number two hammer out, and they make the the, the titular yeah. seven badniks, who are bizarre yeah. and rubbish. They are sort of horrific, stretchy. I mean, one of them looks positively pirate STC with his big stretchy face. Well, their their names are 
Yes. <clears throat> Bozorgsky, <laughs> Metamoto, Chapalian, Motobotnik, Buznik, Krabaton, and Krabinator. Yes. I feel like the whale was running a little dry the further in he got there. <laughs> yeah. Like, some of them have bits of names that seem to be references to the bits of Badnik they made of, like, Chopalian is the chop is from yeah. Chopper. And then Motobotnik, it's Moto from Motobug, but then there's also Metamoto. And then yeah. we've got Buzzorgsky and Buzznik. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, yeah, Buzz from Buzz Bomber. Is that a reference to the composer Mazorsky? <laughs> And then Crabotron and Crabinator, the two most uninspired possible suffixes you can attach to any kind yeah, of name. They might as well be called Crabobot, might they? They might even, yeah. Crabobot and Crabticon, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I quite like the look of them. They they manage to be these sort of more horrible robots while still being recognizably sort of a bit like the original Badniks. Um, or at least two of One them. or two of them does. No, yeah, Choppy Alien, I'll yeah. give you. Choppy Alien is just a chopper mounted on some, some trains. And Metamoto and Motobotnik are... Motobugs. But with gun quiffs. They've got gun quiffs and the colours of them seem to be inspired by those similar ones from the Palm yes. Tree Panic Zone. But then, Buzzorgchi, Krabbidon, Krabbidator and Buznik are nothing. No, they're nothing. They're just big horrible they're just, robots. They're just there. There's nothing of nothing in those guys. I like the design of Buzzorgsky just as a design of a robot. I think it's just got a quite cool head on it, I think. I suppose the idea is that these guys are a chopper, two motobugs, two crab meats, and two buzz bombers, because mm-hmm. you can see that those are the badniks they have brought with them in the previous yep. page. And that's that's they've been updated upgraded then, so we have two slightly different Motobugs, two slightly different buzz bombers who genuinely don't look in any way like buzz bombers. They're now both bipedal robots. Yeah. It looks like one's on a unicycle. Uh, possibly. Buzznik looks like he's got a wheel for legs. Oh, in fact, so does Buzorgsky, except he's got. Do you see how Buzorgsky's leg ones, yeah. on the left there ends in yeah. a wheel? He's presumably got another one. Looks like he's maybe got a wheel at the end of each leg, whereas Buznik has a unicycle that his legs link up to. Gizmoduck style. Yeah. And then Crabaton and Crabinator, well, you can't really see them in the back, but they also don't look like crabs. No, they've just got claws. Uh, well, have they even? Someone's got a claw. Well, that, well that's the thing. They, they look kind of like they're supposed to be bits of each other, because Buznik has a claw yes. arm. No, two clones. Those are both connected to Buznik. Sorry, they are. I thought one of those was coming out of the side of Motobotnik. So Buznik... Ha- Maybe that's been misapplied then. Maybe that's supposed to be Crabinator. And the guy to the left... Oh, you know what? No, it definitely is. They have it. They've really? got it wrong. Yeah, because look, the guy to the left that's labelled as Crabinator, he's got the same helmet crest details as Buzorgsky. He has. Making him what? They're supposed to be the modified Buzz Bombers. So, buzz, so, so he's the one labelled Buznik is supposed to be one of the modified crab right. bots. That he's the crab in it. And he's actually got crab claws. And then presumably that big yellow claw is then connected to Crabatron. Yes, who's, that one that you, who's the, wider yeah. than you think at first. Because his yes. sort of round body kind of looks like background. And they've both got antennae. Antennae that kind of look like... Uh, crab meat eye stocks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. We parsed it, we did it! Hooray! They got it wrong and then we got it right. Fierce. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, well, so I wonder, wonder if the next thing will correct that oh, yeah. at all. Because I believe there is only one more part to this, which is why this is such a strange little right. story. Anyway, so there you go. They've made some big bad robots, everybody, who are going to do some terminating. It only took until the third part of four to meet the title characters. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the last couple of episodes have flown by. <laughs> <laughs> 
Next issue, this time it's war. Mm. Folks, this one's a kid chameleon. Oh, huh. Yeah. Mm. Sort of. Not quite as bad as kid right. chameleon, but uh, I remember. It's, it's why I've always had a pretty poor impression of this strip, uh, generally right. speaking. Huh. But we'll see if uh, anything happens next issue to turn me around. <laughs> I don't think so. It might to me, because I've been quite enjoying this Camembert. I've been enjoying Camembert in it. I've been enjoying the ideas behind it, even if they are all executed wrong. Just wrong, one after the other. Those badniks are drawn wrong. The Miracle Planet doesn't work like that. You have labelled these new characters you've created wrong. It's just... There are some reasonable jokes, but... The fact that in the same time period of a couple of weeks, I've enjoyed a Camembert strip and watched a football game is a betrayal <laughs> of my 1995 self, and I can only apologise. Well, don't worry, it'll be 1996 soon. God, it will! Doesn't that feel like it? hundreds of years after STC, 1996? Yeah, 1996. Well, well, 1996 was the year I stopped reading it, so it does mark a, a big... Uh, yeah, there's a big... Slash mark comes down to to divide those two yeah. eras. Yeah. Spies. Ah, dear, 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 dear. It's inescapable, isn't it? They can't stop, can they? They they can't help themselves. Alex Morgan from Alveston Derby has sent in a letter saying, "My Mega Drive is a Japanese model and is only able to play Sonic One and Two. Is there anything I can do to enable me to play other Mega Drive games, as I can't afford a new console?" And Mega Drive says, "Nope, sorry, you're shit." Yeah. Uh, Sega only produce games for the countries they are sold in. There's nothing for it but to cut down on the sweets and get some serious saving. Oh, cut down on the. Oh, stop having avocado toast and you'll be able to afford a Mega Drive. <laughs> but what? Have they captioned this letter about Japanese Mega Drives? Because it's about Japanese things, and they only know one thing, and I'm sick of coming up with new ways of censoring it. But happily for us, this time they've put the dash in a different place, so if I read it out, it will not be quite as insensitive. They have captioned it, R-Sonic. Yeah, it starts, and that's even worse because there's only two letters this time, so we don't even have the benefit of two letters to take away from one bad no. one. We've got one other one here. And yeah, the only other letter we've got, cut it out. Uh, dear STC, I have a complaint to make about STC 57. Right. Listen, this kid is on the ball. This is by Alex Davudi of New Barnet Hearts, and we agree with you, Alex. Why on Mobius did you put the Skittles comp... Uh, it's compo, Alex. Compo, so, yeah. You're not 100% Nearly right. with it. Why did you put the Skittles comp on the back of a pinup? This meant I had to cut up the poster to fill in the entry form as I don't have access to a photocopier. Quite right. He's completely right. And he must have been raging at this yes. issue. Not even the back of a pinup, no. but on the back of an echo strip. But Megadroid's response did make me smile, which is. What can I say? You're dealing with mere mortals <laughs> here. Rest assured, those responsible are sniffing Sonic's old sneakers as punishment for their error. <laughs> as if, whenever they've literally done worse, this very issue. Like, <laughs> there was no learning here! What was the prize for the Skittles, and was it worth cutting out a poster? Skittles? Some Skittles. You could get Skittles, Some Skittles and a TM sweets. Yeah, that's not, no, I wouldn't have bothered with that. Well, you obviously wanted uh, the sweets. You, there are ways of getting Skittles, I feel. You could, if you just walk around on the village green or the road outside your school long enough, you'll get enough money for Skittles on the ground. <laughs> We've got a couple of bits of fan art sent in. The first one is, uh, it's, this is quite nice actually, it's Robotnik, but it's the original Robotnik. Yeah. And he's standing in front of a big, 
elaborately drawn mirror with a curly, twirly yes. sort of a frame. And it is smashing because of how ugly he is. Brilliant. He's ugly man! Brilliant. And that's and the, the the caption's good as well. Who's the unfairest of them all? Unfairest. Genuinely good joke. Well done. And that is why Anna Letts of Headley Surrey. Then Michael Freer from Fitzwilliam near Pontefract has sent in... I remembered this one as soon as I saw it because great cartooning yeah. energy in it. it. But it's one of those weird images that you would only see in this. It's one of our favourites, yeah. It's Sonic, Tails and Knuckles <laughs> as Sonic is a Mega Drive and Tails and Knuckles are Game Gears. <laughs> By which I mean, it's a Mega Drive, viewed from above. Mega Drive 2, to be specific. With Sonic's legs, tail, arms, <laughs> the Christmas tree spines, and eyes and nose yeah. on it. As uh, Yeah, it's, it's not just Sonic with a Mega Drive for a no. head, you no, understand. No, no. It's like, what if a Mega Drive had was Sonic? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's the same deal with Tails and Knuckles in the background as, as Game Gears. Their arms and legs coming out, and then Tails' tails coming out of them with their eyes um, in where the screen would be, in their case. Makes a little more sense, actually, for them. I'm not sure Knuckles is a Game Gear, you know. No? No, because he hasn't got the same array of buttons. Because Tails are very accurate. The, the Mega Drive and the Tails Game Gear, very accurately drawn. But look what's going on behind Knuckles' biggest eye. There's a sort of a rectangular something. There isn't a screen... Uh, that's true. He's got a D-pad where the D-pad is. Yeah, or at least be, something that looks yeah. enough like a D-pad that it could be one. But I'm not at all sure. I'm looking... Wait, it is... I. Oh, no. I was going to say it's a Master System 2. And it might be, but it's not exact... <sighs> I'm not totally sure. But I'm going to say it's probably a Master System 2. I think that's probably what it is. Cool. Okay, well, that's, always that. that's, that's better then for all three consoles. Exactly, yeah. you got separate things, yeah. <laughs> But um, lovely cartooning. It's, it's great. I just, I've, I've always really, I remember really enjoying yeah, the drawing. Yeah, it's real good. The eyes are great. Yes. The, he's got real mastery of the foreshortening yes. of yeah. the eyes. You know, one the one closer is larger than the one further away. The curve of yeah. them is good. It, 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 it's bizarre, but it looks really yeah, good. Yes, this is a good drawing. So all of those will be getting the uh, my beloved old Sonic stationery set. I wonder if I can find one on eBay that's in better nick than mine, because mine's all scrunched and squashed, and the little sticky pads that do the Velcro to close the folder, they've all come off. I don't think I ever had the pencil tin. Oh, I'd love to have new ones. Wouldn't use them, though. Wouldn't use them. No. They'd just sit there. Yeah. Next issue, Knuckles and Tails, Sea Green. And we have an image of... The Dark One. Hmm, there's a brilliant picture. It just looks great. It's like he's a, a big goat monster. Goat ghost, I think he looks like, because he's kind of got hazy bits of steam yes. coming off him. Brilliant. Can't wait to see that. Mm. And we get a free mini-comic, Meet yeah. Marsupilami. Hope we're able to track that one down. Yeah. Sonic, farewell to metallics, question mark. Echo sees stars. He's going to space, Chris. He's going to space. I think he's going to space, dude. Ah, I can't wait. <laughs> Sonic's world goes out with a bang. Well, you, you said it went out with a bang this issue, but all right. Mm -hmm. Charmy B. Pinup, it's a buzz. Hey, SDC 62. Another devilish issue, because the goat horns. Goat, goat like a demon devil. devil, yeah. On sale Saturday, the 30th of September, 1995, £1.20. Well, that brings us to the end of another issue. There you go, yep. A, a slightly odd issue, that one, I thought. Like, a lot of cool, fun stuff happening mm. in there, definitely. But a couple of weird moments as well, like Sonic in a holding action for a ticking clock and, and the seven badniks getting really strange <laughs> by the time it's all said and done. Yeah. But I love the 
convention bit as well and thanks very much to selena for coming on to share mm. her memories of that as well yeah yeah and we'll be posting the uh, the caricatures on the twitter as well because they're just they stick with me and the, oh, yeah, i can't describe post that them. page up there no yeah. problem at all and any other images we're able to get associated with it from selena we'll uh, that we're allowed to share we will yes. as well yes 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 from the event itself well when you're looking for next issue you'll be able to get it everywhere all good podcasts are available but you can download it directly from our website at stctp.wigglehe.com and you'll find the links to that on our twitter which is at sonic podcast but we're also on there separately i'm at demon tomato dave and i am at chris mcfeely and we're also on youtube under those names too let me take a moment to plug my regular youtube series transformers the basics where at time of recording i have just put up my 150th episode whoa nice flipping egg if you want to support the show that is easy to do you can go on to patreon.com forward slash S-T-C-T-P, I think. Yeah, sounds right. And you can drop some pound coins in our little bucket and you'll get some stuff in return. We do videos. Usually about twice a month we do a video on the off weeks when there isn't an episode out. So you're never without us on a weekend, you know. You can't get rid of us. No, we, uh, we've read... We don't read out to you, but we've read and we review our experience of the <laughs> Martin Adams Sonic novels that came out concurrent with the first year of STC and really shaped our idea of what Sonic stories ought to be. And then on the other weeks, I read to long-suffering Chris my fanfic that I wrote at this time when these issues were coming out... I was there scribbling away at school in dinner breaks, writing, and probably during maths, writing a big story about Sonic and how he dies and then comes back to life and then dies and then comes back to life and then dies over and over again. And it's all gruesome and horrible and brilliant. Look, I'm not going to sit here and lie. It took kind of an interesting turn in the most <laughs> Yeah, we had quite chapter. a good one, uh, the latest one. So look yeah. out for that. And uh, yeah, there you go. That's on the patreon.com forward slash SDCTP. That money helps us to pay an editor. His name is Sam Gabriel. You can find him on samgabrielvo.com Our theme song is synchronized by Sonic the Comic The Band whose work you can find at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com but we have been Sonic the Comic The Podcast and we'll see you next time! time. Do not put that online I will disown you!